0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast, and share it with all your friends, but the pre post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes.
1: Gary Hoffman. Yeah. Baby. Shannon Barron. I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every
2: single ass.
3: Gary and Shannon.
1: Hey, I a.m. six forty. More stimulating talk. It is the Gary and Shannon Show for Black Friday, twenty eighteen. Amy King along for the ride, and Whee! we. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, I I I turned you down. Say it again.
2: We. Yeah.
1: So, as all the kiddies are saying this morning.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And
1: I'm I'm assuming. Uh, apparently, it's this company holiday here. I uh, I don't recall Friday being an official holiday, but, but is, is, uh, do I not read the emails? Is today a holiday for the salespeople and everyone else? Oh, yeah. I mean, is it really? Yeah. How, though? It's a work day.
4: Well, for on-air people I, and editors and producers. But for
1: everyone else, they don't have to come in just because it's the day after Thanksgiving?
4: Who's going to buy a radio schedule on the day after
1: Thanksgiving? I don't You know what? Who's maybe someone is calling today just for that? And there's no one there. So I don't know.
4: Well, they missed an opportunity then.
1: Um, We are not only working here on Black Friday, but we're double dog working. And KFI has gone to great expense uh, this year. And hopefully this works out to employ a toy tester for all of you that are wondering, well, what are the kids buying these days? I mean, I got to say, I think the ask the kid what they want thing i I think that your your male chicken blocking Santa when you do that that's his gig that's his job if if there is something that you know your kid wants then then get that uh, fine, but i think i I just think it's just really lazy to go up to kids and say, uh oh, give me a list and I'll just get it and uh you know the uh the whole thing so what we do have this year, and we've set up a hashtag by set up a hashtag I mean just <laughs> write a hashtag uh but uh hashtag ToyQuest 2018 <clears throat> so we'll uh we'll give you recommendations that avoid that uncomfortable conversation where you have to go to your teenager or or pre-teenager and say uh what do you want this year and then they go mm-hmm. and then you say well what what do all the kids want this year and they go mm-hmm. and then you say well where would i find mm-hmm. and they go i don't know so anyway hashtag ToyQuest 2018 for your suggestions etc but um so let's bring her on board cuz we're paying her by the hour. Um Reagan Suits is our resident uh, boy and girl toy expert for 2018. Uh how are you doing this year? How how how's your 2018 so far?
5: I am doing very well. Um so that's my year.
1: Okay. <laughs> say say hi to Amy King.
5: Hello Amy.
1: Good morning. Um, so, you're what? What do you propose to do here? Is you have your own suggestions of toys, the hot toys for 2018, uh, for for boys and girls or teens, teen young young adults uh, as well. We'll review them. This is not for the entire four hours. There is going to be um, Stone Age bow and arrows killing American talk coming up here in just a minute. Don't don't worry. We'll check that box and uh, Jamal Khashoggi's secret transcript box. Uh, and also Chris and Carlos out there, the pretty amazing story. And I mean, I don't want I, I don't know how we avoid this turning into a commercial, but a, a, a guy who took it upon himself to evacuate people out of the Woolsey fire drove a particular make and brand of pickup truck and his truck. Because of his uh, good Samaritanosity, the truck has been destroyed and the manufacturer of said truck is going to replace his truck. So well, hang
0: on. I may actually confuse that with a different, kind of similar story up north, but this one is still pretty cool too. So, we'll, uh, you'll, uh, you'll hear about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. That's executive. I confused two. There's two truck stories, one down here, one up in the campfire.
1: Executive son of a bitch, Nick Viverka. There I do with apologize. A totally bait and switch on the. Well, but, but the genesis of the one that Chris and Carlo is covering is not the replacement pickup thing. Correct. Yeah. But, but that is that is a story that did happen. An unnamed company. What, <laughs> and since our reporter's not on it, we can probably say Toyota. You can. Yeah, because now it's a news story. But I'll get that one, too. It's a cool story. Chris and Carla with another story about some other stuff. And so uh, that'll be uh, uh, coming up. But it is Black Friday 2018, though, by and large, uh, the purpose of Black Friday has largely been uh, the obviated by the Internet. But there we are anyway. Last night, I'll tell you about a brawl at the Walmart. 6.30 p.m. We were driving by this brawl, as coincidence would have it. But uh, let's get back to our toy correspondent. Um, what, uh, what would you propose f- um, first up? The, the kids are into slime. Slime has made a big comeback these days. I, I thought slime was over 15 years ago, but slime's made a big comeback. And what do, what do you have for the parents out there?
5: Well, we have something called Poopsie Slime Surprise standard oh, standard,
1: standard spelling poopsie
5: yes nice
1: and what is it a kit <laughs> is it a complete uh, slime
5: um from what I've seen of reviews, it is not worth the money
1: so you, and so it actually, does not
5: really make good slime, and the quantity is very small.
1: that's a, almost a better service. Is what to avoid buying uh, so yeah. what have you seen of this particular uh slime?
5: What I've seen is the quantity is small. Um, Also, it's not good. You either have it um, just like putty or like um, melted, so you can't really play with it. Um, The advertising is... um, Pure lie. Yes. It makes you want to buy it, but when you do, it's not worth it. It's actually pretty expensive.
1: When When you open it up and play with it...
5: Actually... When you do open it up, it's not slime.
1: Oh. You need to
5: make it, but it takes like half an hour to make it, and it's not even good. So okay, I would so not recommend buying this. I
1: will put that up on the hashtag ToyQuest2018. Do uh, Avoid poopsie, what's it called,
5: poopsie slime? Poopsie slime surprise.
1: Okay, when something comes up and it's not what it seems to be and you are to avoid it, you'll hear this. Uh, If it looks like it may actually kill you, you'll hear this. And uh, if it actually, if it is something that uh, gets two thumbs up from our designated uh, toy tester here, uh, nine-year-old Reagan, then uh, you'll hear this.
2: Yes! Oh, my gosh! Oh, my gosh! Oh, my gosh!
1: Because that is what you will hear on Christmas morning.
5: Is there one that um, shows if it's decent but not the best?
1: Like not the absolute best?
5: Yeah, not the absolute best but decent.
1: How about this? He,
3: he, he, he. Thank you.
5: So, yes.
1: That'll be okay.
5: Yes.
3: Uh,
1: all right. So uh, Reagan is here. If you want to go on hashtag ToyQuest2018 um, and just uh, give us a quick review or, or a link to a toy that you recommend uh, for kids. And you know, a big thing this year are like monthly packages for STEM education, and and I have a warning. A friend of mine did that for one of his uh, daughters, and he said it was crap. He said it doesn't give you spare parts. If you assemble it incorrectly, you, there's not a fallback. You either make it right the first time or you don't, so it doesn't allow kids any uh, any wiggle room to fail and then do it a second time and get it right.
4: Well, that's ridiculous. You're supposed to fail so you can succeed.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and it so it comes in pieces, and mm-hmm. it's like, hey, it's your, uh, you know, simulated uh, prosthetic hand. So uh, it's
4: only for the Mensa kids.
1: Yeah. And if you, if you, and the he said the instructions are clear, but still, you, it's supposed to be that the kids are on their own. And if they skip a step or they just make a simple mistake, it doesn't come with uh, with spare parts. So I think it's a great idea to get STEM things in the mail. I'd like it more than once a month. Uh, but uh, so, so anyway, there's uh, there's that. All right, when when do we come back, I, I have a pretty simple question. And, I mean, it, it, and because I was fascinated by this story on Wednesday about the American from Vancouver, Washington, who was uh, killed by a Stone Age tribe. And, and my question is, who says they want to be left alone? I mean, besides them. But, I mean, it's not a habit trail. This is what I'm missing about... Not uh, – well, we'll get to it uh, right after this. It's Gary and Shannon show. Brian Suits filling in, and Designated Toy Tester, Reagan Suits uh, filling in for Shannon. Uh, we'll be back right after this. KFI M640, more stimulating talk.
3: It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you, be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful
1: time. I AM 640, more stimulating talk. It is Gary and Shannon for it's Black Friday 2018. And I don't want to single anyone out, but who doesn't like this song this is what I don't get. Because you know we know what sells this song? Um, and because I'm a huge defender of Christmas music. Uh, me. Me. The atheist, uh, Blake, re re rack this, re cue this, because it it's because you know why it starts perfectly. You know what? It's the reverb. It's the most wonderful time there, of the year. It's, it, it's because of that reverb. That's why. that's so. That's what makes it so '60s. So, if anyone objects to the song, who is in any way connected to the show, whether it's Amy or Reagan or uh, our toy uh, correspondent or Nick or even you, Blake? I mean, what what don't what what is there not to like? I just I used to say that. I'm just. I, I think it's typ- a fine song. I,
5: I, I, I love it. Yeah.
0: I don't typically like Christmas music as a whole.
1: Why? Now, what? What's what the problem with the genre? I, I, there's plenty of songs I think are, are annoying as hell, especially when done by the wrong artist. Yes. But what is it about the genre? I don't. I don't
0: know. I think I just get tired. I also. I don't really like uh, the cold weather. So everyone talking about the. We don't have to worry about it. We're in Atlanta. No, in the. Bu- <laughs> this is cold to me. <laughs> but like, really, the, the snow and the. All the wintry stuff. I don't know. It's just not...
1: I never... I like it. You don't like uh, Winter Wonderland. I don't, uh, I don't hate this song. This song is not terrible. It's but it's just general. And Winter Wonderland, you know, again, it's not a Christmas song. It's a winter song. Um, and here's the other thing is, I was... It was 20 years ago that I got woke. Because I'm, I'm a Wokey. I'm, I'm Chewbacca the Wokey. I, 20 years ago, it struck me that Baby It's Cold Outside is a date rape song. Now... We're in that period where people hear it, and they'll tweet that as if, as if that's an original thought. And because, of course, we didn't have Twitter in uh, 1998. But if you weren't on to Baby is Cold Outside being a song inappropriately uh, uh, promoting a certain kind of chemical-induced relationship, then uh, – but it's still a great song. The Ella Fitzgerald version uh, is in the Hall of Fame of Baby is Cold Outside. That's also not a Christmas song it's just a cold weather song it also has you know a roofie involved but the the point being it's still a great song. we can't just uh throw it out, but do you do is it Christmas songs that mention Christmas that you don't like or just the whole i don't know d- I did, November to january I think thing? It, I
0: think it might be more of the fact that everything gets overplayed. I think that might be part I agree. Where it gets on my nerves I,
1: and you know what that's why I, I every year I call for more original christmas material
0: yeah i think if I think if I was exposed or if what was played was not the exact same 15 songs over and over, yeah, and over I, again. Agree. I, I agree I agree and I might
1: not be as tired of the music genre you know what's crazy there's a playlist on YouTube obscure Christmas songs every one of them's great and you probably at some point in a movie or something you've heard most of them but it's a great uh, great playlist so you should probably scratch your name off of the uh, board up uh, uh, fill- in for coast yeah probably yeah <laughs> heads up there. And they, when they started doing that,
0: it was like November tenth or something. I thought it was Halloween. Yeah, or, I I would have lost my mind if I lived. Which is out great.
1: There. I for one endorse every decision made by our superiors here at iHeart Media. Uh, I in no way have to object to any of them. But it was just, we we piped them here in the hallways at iHeart, and so it was like right after Halloween. I'm I'm here on a Saturday uh, doing my phenomenally popular show because you can't be higher than number one, and I'm hearing Christmas music. And I thought I had someone left a phone on or it was a ringtone, but it, it wasn't. It was our uh our, our bosses making yet another home run of a decision. So it's not for me to uh, question. Well uh we did we did the two Thanksgiving thing yesterday. We were at one Thanksgiving till about I guess about five forty five. Then we had about a fifteen to twenty minute drive. We exit right near the Palmdale Walmart to go to our second Thanksgiving. And I said, wow, that's a lot of red light specials. That's a, a, that's, that's a doorbuster there at Walmart. Turns out it was combative, it was mutual combat by several crews of people. Two groups of customers broke into a fight during Black Friday sales at a Palmdale Walmart. They mean the Palmdale Walmart on Thursday evening. Uh, LA County Sheriff's Department said staff working the doorbuster event told responding deputies. That it wasn't clear whether the groups, each with more than a dozen people, were brawling over a specific item or if the fight was over something else. The scuffle began inside the store around 6.30 p.m. The Walmart workers told deputies that they initially thought they'd squashed the melee, but that it continued outside. Uh, uh, Deputy Anna Stebbins said, quote, we got the call and when it was a full on fight, we got the call when it was a full on fight from outside the store. Close quote. One of those. People in the fight was said to have had a gun, but deputies found no weapon at the scene. And guess what? No one saw anything. Nobody was injured in the clash. No arrests were made. Authorities temporarily closed one entrance to the Walmart, but the store remained open. And again, uh, when participants were asked if they saw anything, no one saw anything. There was nothing to see, and they moved along and went about their business. But uh, this every year right around now, we start seeing the video of some Walmart somewhere where there was a uh, human stampede uh, on the way in. Uh, we, we do have a recommendation, by the way, by frequent tweeter Brian Hunt, and this is at hashtag ToyQuest2018. That's the hashtag, ToyQuest2018. There, there's a company that makes a very stripped-down PC board called Raspberry, Raspberry Pi, P-I, and some others. <clears throat> and there's a company that's taken that very stripped-down board and you can get that if your kid's into computers or if your kid is 8 or 9 and you're thinking that pushing them now into computer coding is a thing to do. Then you can go to Fry's and you can buy what's called the Raspberry Pi board. And the, your, your kid uh, has to hook it up to a keyboard, a Bluetooth keyboard. Uh, you have to get a monitor or whatever. And then you have to code it. And it's, if, if, you want, if you want to force your kid into getting into that crap, then go ahead and do that. That was me about two years ago. Um, when uh, daughter daughter Reagan w- was was displaying her na- her n- n- everyday trademark brilliance, and I thought, oh, you know what you do with a brilliant kid? You slap him a computer to start coding. And I would say, do you remember toy correspondent Reagan? That that idea died of silence in what, like a week? Yeah. You you prefer the actual code loaded uh, PC, Chromebook, Kindle, whatever, then right?
5: Yeah, so then I can immediately get to playing my games and watching YouTube.
1: Yeah. Cuz I mean, let's be honest, the boys you're never going to date are the ones who are doing the hard work, making up those apps while you're outside riding your new horse. Yeah. That's basically what it boils down to. Amy well, King, we're we're watching a horse for someone for probably a year. You're what? We're watching a horse for She has a horse, an Arabian. How cool is it, that? It's really cool. I always wanted to do that. The best kind of horse is the one that someone else pays for. Exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah. a boat.
4: <laughs> My original plan was I was going to have a lot of money and I was going to own horses. Yeah. And then I was going to get kids like Reagan
5: to, ride to come
4: and ride them and take care of them because they didn't have their own horse. And it would be a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Well, sorry. Now I have a horse. <laughs> and I don't have any money, Reagan. So Did, did you just spike you. the
1: football on Amy King? Yeah. Uh-huh. So apologize. Or were you Or were you being funny?
5: Being funny. <laughs> okay.
1: She was being funny. He wasn't uh, spiking the football on you.
5: And I did not get my funniness from my dad. I got it from my mom.
1: That's true. a uh, um, uh, good word by the way, funniness. We'll be back. It's a real word. It's, yeah, it is. Sure, sure. we're going to get some newsness now uh, after we have a little uh, breakness. Uh, it is the uh, it's a whole bunch of Gary and Shannonness here on Black Friday on KFI AM six forty more stimulating talk. <laughs>
3: But baby, it's cold outside.
5: Got to go but baby,
3: it's cold outside. This
5: evening has been, 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 hoping been hoping
3: that you so drop in. I'll hold your hands, that are just like ice.
1: Dean Martin, as it turns out, would be the last guy that would for you. you KFI AM 640, Listen more stimulating talk. It is Gary and Shannon Chubb, Ryan in in with Torque correspondent uh, Reagan Suits. And while while on the subject, because there's a million things coming up my mind all at once, uh, fun fact: if if you if you're wrapping gifts sometime between now and Christmas, if if you're dressing the tree or whatever, I tweeted this out last year, uh, but I'll put together the list again. Last year I made a playlist of the 1966, 67, 68 Dean Martin Christmas specials, and they were great. They're on YouTube, and of course, it's that old, you know, quality. You're not—you're really not watching it. You should be listening to it anyway. But that, that reminds me because he did that on one of the uh, one of the specials. But it's just, its a great—it's a great throwback, and just it was done live every year, just like the Dean Martin show was done. I guess every I was—I was two, uh, but I can read is the weird thing there, and so they did the show live every whatever it was Friday night. And so they did these Christmas specials live, and I'll place them for you a little later on. But it's a great, if you find them on, on the Tube, you just just um, make a list, make a Christmas background, whatever, and add the Bob Hope Christmas special, the Sinatra Christmas special, the, the Dean Martin Sinatra one. They, just, they used to do these great live Christmas specials. And, uh, you know, by golly, we are a better country for it. We don't uh, do it anymore. Well, so I'm fascinated by this story that came out on Wednesday about the uh, adventure tourist from Vancouver, uh, Washington. And uh, by the name of John Allen Chow and his death at the hands of Stone Age tribesmen on an island in the Indian Ocean. Uh, The details weren't really on Wednesday. uh, I was filling in for another radio show. And the details were, were dribbling in. And I didn't quite understand uh, how it all works. So, so the way it, it plays out now is that the guy travels the world, and he is he is a devout Christian, and he's he is so devout that he is, he proselytizes, and he had heard about this remote island in the Indian Ocean, part of an archipelago that was settled uh, by it was discovered, you know, by ancient mariners, and the, then the Chinese, and then the Portuguese came there in the fifteen hundreds. And for some reason, the one island, uh, later named Sentinel Island, was left alone. And I'm assuming it was left alone because the inhabitants are lethally aggressive. They want to be left alone, and and they uh, they they speak with their bows and their arrows. And know, as a student of history that I am, I am a bit surprised that probably the HMS something or rather. The HMS, um, uh, bigger cannons than your bows and arrows, whatever it was called, didn't come along and take the island and just slaughter everybody, uh, but they, they did not. And so this is uh, – we've all heard about, you know, Amazon tribes that are untouched and, uh, and all that. I, I didn't know it was possible for there to be one in the Indian Ocean, which has been, uh, last I checked, pretty thoroughly exp- um, explored and exploited. But so uh, there it was, this, this guy – on November fourteenth, went to that island, but didn't go ashore. Uh, for some reason, couldn't make it ashore. Uh, uh, there's information coming out now that he had gone to the island uh, at a prior time and had actually communicated with the tribesmen, and uh, or rather, <clears throat> I don't know how you would communicate with them if if they were gesturing, "Don't ever come back, or we'll kill you with our poison arrows." Then it seems to me that there was a there was a gap in the communication. There was possibly. A miscommunication. Like when Columbus came to Hispaniola and said, I am from Spain, bow before me. And they all said, and the Arawak said, no, you'll probably want to move along. Uh, for thousands of years, the people of North Sentinel Island have been isolated from the rest of the world. They use spears and bows and arrows to hunt the animals that roam the small, heavily forested island. You've probably heard the crap out of this story by now. But uh, 26-year-old uh, John Allen Chow uh, chronicled his last days while traveling to the Andaman Islands. He was intent on making contact with the Sentinelese tribe on Sentinel uh, Island. Um, just hours before his death, he, he wrote, uh, quote, God, I don't want to die, close quote. Um, this is according to the Washington Post. You guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worthwhile to declare Jesus to these people. He wrote in a last note to his family on no- November 16th shortly before he left the safety of the fishing boat to meet the tribesmen on the island. God, I don't want to die. The tribesmen, who stand about 5 foot 5 inches tall with yellow paste on their faces, reacted angrily to child's presence, he wrote, as he attempted to speak their language and sing worship songs. This is the first time he went there on November 14th. Quote, I hollered, my name is John, I love you and Jesus loves you. In English, Uh, he wrote, adding that a child shot at him with an arrow that missed and pierced his waterproof Bible. I'd take that as a message, but that's just me. He was illegally fared to the island by fishermen and all that. And then, then we have heard that uh, the, the Indian government and prior governments have decided to leave these people alone. And this is the part where I want to step back. This is where I just want to take a step back. And because I, I saw a false analogy on the Twitter machine over the weekend. By the way, I'm at Dark Secret Place on Twitter. And I'm a really, really, really awesome follow. I'm very tolerant of different opinions and I'm h- hilarious. And uh, people were comparing this tribe and this island to the Amish. Well, the Amish reject modern technology. And the, the flaw in that thinking there is th- that the Amish have been on an island. Um, here's the difference. The Amish are f- damn well aware of your LG uh, Think V70 or your iPhone ten. They know, they know that exists. They understand that Hulu exists. They understand that there is a human being named Will Ferrell who uh, effectively uh, does the same shtick in, uh, uh, with a slightly different voice in many, many movies. They're aware they're the movies exist. They choose to reject that. And and uh, the other big difference is that if you're Amish, you can choose to reject being Amish. And you can bail out on Amishness. And you can come back to Amishness. Um, but if an Amish person... Has a child with leukemia, that kid goes to a hospital and they get treatment for the leukemia. The Amish are aware that there is such a thing as a birth defect. The, the amish um, they don't lose one kid out of three like we all did a thousand years ago um, in, in wherever you grew up. The child mortality rate was so so prevalent that you, you, had, you had to double up. You had to have bunches of kids. Uh, you just simply had it. You wrote off a couple. You knew it. That's it. my dad wound up with eight siblings. His his mom lost three kids, and that was thought to be kind of you know run run of the course. This is how it worked. The Amish know this. The Amish don't have a one out of three mortality rate. The Amish go to hospitals. Uh, they don't reject um, medical technology and stuff like that. They just choose to live without it, unless they can't live without it. Okay. So the difference here is that the Western world is being so arrogant that we've decided that these people's lives would not be improved, even though ours are, even though the infant mortality rate uh, worldwide or North America or in Europe is like one out of 100,000 or or whatever it is. Um, We decided that's good for us, but they don't need that because we're afraid of imposing modern medicine and technology on a native people. So I would ask you this. What if they found out that they've been losing kids to childhood leukemia or whatever? Uh, maybe they're the healthiest people in the world. But what if they found out that they don't have to run around hunting pigs with bows and arrows, that there's these things called muzzle-loading uh, muskets, and that they could fire one shot per minute from 100 feet away? I mean, what? how do we know they would reject the technology? If it's good enough for us, my, I mean, my, my question is, if we're – living the life we're living, why would we deny it to them? And, and like, I'm not talking about going to the middle of the Amazon and, and forcing a 4K TV on those people, but I'm saying here's an island in the Indian Ocean surrounded by some, some world-leading development and technology from Singapore uh, to, to Delhi. They see airliners flying over. They see helicopters, things like that, and maybe give them the option. But but if, if you feel like you're somehow being better to them by allowing them to live in the Stone Age, then what about the day they find out that maybe their kid could have had a kidney transplant or something like that? Just a thought. Just, just a random thought. Uh, all right. Hashtag ToyQuest2018. If you're out there on Black Friday, and I am kind of curious, uh, so go to that hashtag, uh, what is it exactly? What are your kids looking for? And if you're driving around with your kids, turn to the right and say, what's the hot toy for 2018? Because in Southern California, it actually it does vary by, you know, neighborhood by neighborhood. Uh, the What's hot in the Valley is not hot in Orange County and things like that. But so what, what what are the toys? And this is just because, to me, asking your kid, what do you want? And then somehow doing a men in black, you know, mind eraser and thinking they're not going to immediately know what they're getting for Christmas is kind of lame. So uh, maybe we can uh, we can help uh, help us help you because there are toy counselors right here, uh, Reagan Suits. That's your job, right?
5: Yes. I am helping you find out what not to buy and what to buy for your child.
1: All right. When we come back, some uh, red-hot recommendations from 9-year-old uh, Reagan, the KFI toy correspondent right after this. It is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Gary and Shannon show. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire See, a classic. Not a Christmas song, just a winter song. Jack
3: Frost nipping at your nose And who
1: doesn't it's love Nipsey
3: Russell?
6: The
1: Christmas song.
0: What's that? You it's I
3: literally called The Christmas yeah, song. A good
6: song. song.
0: No, how is it not a Christmas song if it's and called The Christmas Well, it's a metaphor. I
5: guess oh.
1: You have to understand Nipsey Russell's humor. To really get Everybody this, um, so it is Gary and Shannon here at KFI AM six forty four. Did anyone get that? I, that's why I never signpost posted. I just wait okay. for the furious tweets. All right. <laughs> that's why it's Millie Vanilli Friday. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the a really interesting thread about that island, Sentinel Island. We're going to talk at one uh, twenty with ABC News uh, Chuck Silverstein about the American that was killed there. It's being uh, sort of falsely reported, or or misreported, rather, that it was a... uh, The people on that island have never been contacted. Actually, there was extensive contact in the late 1880s by, ding, 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 the British. Um, And this is from a a man who's been obsessed with these islands for the past 10 years, as he said, or as he says. Um, He says, the people on North Sentinel Island are probably so aggressive because... And he has a picture here. He said, because... Of this weirdo, Maurice Vidal Portman. So here's a big thread about this creep and some facts from my decade-long obsession with the island. The Sentinelese are often described as uncontacted, but this is not strictly true. They had a very significant contact in 1880 with Commander Portman. And this just before everyone fires off their tweet about, um, hey, fill in dumbass. Uh, if they were contacted, they'd all die of smallpox. Well, Okay, they have been contacted. So there's that. So anyway. They had a very significant contact in 1880 with Royal Navy Commander Portman. Portman, the black sheep third son of some minor noble, was assigned by the English Royal Navy to administer and pacify the Andaman Islands, a job he pursued from 1880 to 1900 with the full measure of his own perversity. Portman was erotically obsessed with the Andamanese, and he indulged his passion for photography by kidnapping members of various tribes and posing them in mock Greek homoerotic compositions. And there's these photographs from 1895 of three Andamanese men, and their dress is like nothing. They're They're naked. They're wearing necklaces, and that's their normal dress. And the wedding tackle is out and the whole thing. And this is what the guy's obsessed with. During his 20 years in a sexualized heart of darkness, Portman measured and cataloged every inch of his prisoners' bodies with an obsessive focus on genitals. He actually wrote this stuff down. Uh, He said, one man is described as having atrophied testicles, both being about the size of a hedge sparrow's eggs. The same individual is also marked by the observation. Well, and then he describes the guy's genitals. Uh, And then there's a picture of a child being measured uh, in profile. uh, And uh, he says, Portman spent most of his time in the greater Andaman Islands, but in 1880, he landed on North Sentinel. The natives fled. And his party ventured inland to find a settlement, which had been abandoned in haste. They located an elderly couple and a, and a few children uh, they were able to abduct. Wayne Resnick uh, was talking about this this morning. The couple quickly died, likely from ailments to which they had no immunity. The children spent a few weeks with Portman doing God knows what, after which he returned them to the island. Portman returned on a couple occasions, but the Sentinelese hid from him each time. So they were pretty much afeard of and continue apparently to be of the, uh, the modern world. In 1981, a cargo ship named the Primrose ran aground on the coral reef surrounding the island. The crew radioed for assistance and settled in for a long wait. In the morning, they saw 50 men with bows bows and arrows on the beach building makeshift boats. The crew called for an emergency uh, medevac airlift and were evacuated. Not a moment too soon, rough waves had thwarted uh, the natives' attempt to board but the weather was clearing. And so to this day, the ship and its cargo were left. At the island, awaiting discovery by Neolithic eyes. Today, you can still see the gutter remains on the uh, primrod. Uh, and as he says, imagine in 1981 climbing on board that ship, a completely alien vessel filled with alien things. Imagine seeing simple machines for the first time: a hinge, a latch, a wheel—things that would be instant, instantly would make instant sense uh, to a modern person. Uh, others would be so un- incomprehensible to avoid notice. So uh, there, there is that. And then, all, and then also the other thing is uh stuff washes up there all the time, so they are aware of the outside world, and so that's like i say i don 't know if they're aware of modern advances in technology, but they're aware of the uh, modern world it's just to me, it just seems like western arrogance to at least not make them familiar familiar with the fact that if they're injured, modern medicine can possibly save their lives because but what the hell they're out there hunting wild boars, which can only cut you in half um toy correspondent kfi tor. Correspondent Reagan. Uh, all right. Do you have anything that uh, jumps to mind this hour? Anything that? Uh, uh, how about a yes recommendation? We last year, last hour, we did poopsie slime as a big no. You have a big yes this hour.
5: Um, I have a couple, but
1: what's the strongest one?
5: Super Smash Bros Ultimate. Um, I don't know if this is free or not. If you don't have the Wii, it is not free. But I don't know if the app is actually free. Um, so, uh, you're gonna need to look that up if you want this, because you're what? gonna...
1: Super Smash Brothers Ultimate?
5: Yes, not just, um, Brawl Ultimate, because that's the new version, and, um, my friend Becky has, um, the... Original. She has the, um, Brawl, but, um, her brother Frankie is always talking about, um... That Kirby survives in the ultimate, but apparently it's a very good game. It's kind of like Super Smash Brothers Brawl, just better.
1: What is So it's big in fifth grade. For fifth grade kids, you guys all dig it.
5: Fifth grade, fourth grade, sixth grade, some in college. A lot of people like it.
1: Cross-platform or just Wii?
5: Um, I'm pretty sure it's just Wii. Okay. I don't know.
1: Uh, and next hour, uh, we'll we'll talk about some uh, new coming out video games. That, that yeah, uh, okay.
5: And next hour, I can confirm if it is we or not.
1: And so that is KFI's uh, very own Reagan Suits here as your Toy Quest 2018 correspondent. Go to hashtag Toy Quest 2018 if you if you dispute her or you have some input or you have a toy that you recommend. This is all to avoid you actually asking your kids what they want for Christmas and you can yeah. make it seem like a surprise. Because, again, Santa needs to work. He only works once a, once a year. Yeah. So, uh, all right, we'll be back next hour. It is Gary and Shannon show. Brian Suits filling in on Black Friday, 2018. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. I don't care what your
3: mama says. Christmas time. KFI
1: AM six forty more stimulating talk. It is Gary and Shannon Chip Ryan who's filling in, and KFI's official toy correspondent Reagan Suits is here as well. What is that? That that goes down as like, uh, that's the song that gave Christmas music a bad name. You don't know this one? No. Oh, is it from you? You darn kids. It's from SNL. Oh, there I you go. You know what? Never Alleg- mind. Alleged Alleg- comedy you just, program. You, just, you know an- what? Yeah. I wish it was oh. You can kill it, Blake. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, was that supposed to be funny, or was you, it actually supposed to know, be a legit Christmas song? Never. It was a joke. I think with most things on Saturday Night Live, they're often confused between something is supposed to be funny and yeah. Uh, so. We'll
3: uh, we'll we'll pretend <clears throat> that didn't happen then. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Um, well, we yeah. have we have we have two happy stories. Well, not super happy stories. One from the campfire, but one from the Wolsey fire. Chris and Carlo joins us. New new double daddy. Chris and Carlo uh, joined us. And by the way, my daughter has some recommendations for uh, toys uh, for your kids.
6: I am all ears. Hey, any, any right now?
1: Well, hang on. Let's start with you just had a son or daughter?
6: Uh, daughter, second daughter. And
1: what's okay. Second. daughter. How old is the first daughter?
6: She's two and uh, two months.
1: Perfect. All right. So Reagan,
6: say hi to Chris.
5: Hello, Chris.
6: Hey, Reagan. How are you doing? Good. She'll uh, research you
1: uh, from <laughs> some two-year-old gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, no right. stem stuff. Uh, uh, okay, so we have, we have a tale of two pickups. I'll, I'll get to the campfire one after after your story, but uh the Woolsey fire has a heart heartwarming pickup story.
6: Yeah, I guess uh, heartwarming. There was this guy named Frank Kersey who lives down on uh, Zumarez Road, which is just off PCH down by Point doom and uh, I was down there earlier in the week, just you know watching people sandbag because, of course, the rain was coming. People were worried. And those uh, I told Gary and Shannon this earlier in the week. They're almost like water coolers or, like, if you're in Africa, any kind of watering hole and all the animals get together and they just kind of uh, congregate and and discuss what's happening around the neighborhood. And in this case, um, this guy named Frank uh, had this truck that was just sitting there. I didn't know it was his truck. His home was, like, right next to where the sand had been piled up by the fire department. And so I'm just sitting there chatting with him. I'm not even interviewing him. We're just talking, chewing the fat, and uh, I'm like, yeah, what's, what's the deal with this truck? He's like, oh, that's my truck. And I'm like, really? Ooh. It's your truck? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, tell me what's going on what, with it. What was the make and, s- and model? That I don't know off the top of my head, and I knew you were going to ask that question. I was I was buffering through the interview furiously before I got on, and uh, I couldn't get to it. But it was a, I know it was a Ford. I know it was, I, I want to say it was an F-250, uh, but a really old one. I think it was a 1982 model, and it had been repurposed with a flatbed, you know, wooden uh, back, and basically just used by everybody in the neighborhood to haul stuff and to get stuff around. Um, here's a little bit of what Frank had to say about his own truck.
1: That is a vehicle that I've owned the longest in my entire life, and you would think it would be a Porsche or a Vette or a Mustang or something,
6: but what a fitting end to an absolutely magical vehicle. I mean, that that thing is, that circled the globe. It's been good. I mean, you can tell right there how much he, he loved that truck, but he also recognized I mean, if it's going to go out, he said it later in the interview, it may as well go out in, in basically a, a dash of flame, which and is so it was, what ended up happening.
1: Was it burnt down to the hubs? I mean, the tires yeah. are gone.
6: Yeah. So Dude, it truly, like,
1: truly had a Vikings funeral.
6: Paint. Paint completely gone, scorched off. You know, all of the interior mm-hmm. melted into puddles. The uh, the tires completely gone, right on down to the hub, as you said. And the only bit of color there, aside from brown and from you know black, was an American flag that had been draped over the yeah. back of it by one of his neighbors. And I, yeah, I I assumed while we were talking that he had put the flag there. I'm like, hey, what's up with the flag man? He's like, you know, it was actually one of my neighbors. She put it up there, and she felt it was just proper because this was something that in a way kind of represented the neighborhood and how they had come together before the fire, but also how they had come together after the fire. And, I mean, this guy... Listen, Brent, I talked to him for like 10 minutes on tape. I probably talked to him for 20 minutes off tape because he just had all of these stories from the night as the fire swept through Friday night down there. And he was telling me how he was in his backyard putting the fire out. He sees his neighbor's house is, is about to be engulfed in flames. His neighbor is not there. So he jumps into his neighbor's yard. He starts putting out the flames. His neighbor shows back up and you know sees that Frank's in his neighbor in his own uh, yard. And so the, the neighbor goes into the next neighbor's yard and yeah. starts putting out that fire. while. Frank Frank's putting out the fire that he's standing in front of, so it was uh, it was you know a really crazy story just from that evening.
1: Well, and so the but the the truck was a beloved feature of the neighborhood.
6: Exactly, and so the you know everybody used the truck, and now it, it sits there basically at the intersection. I mean, Zoomerize doesn't run right into PCH, but it's I mean right there yeah. off PCH. And he was a guy. If it, you
1: needed a tr- if you need to haul a couch, like you found a free couch,
6: you, you yep, you'd yeah. borrow
1: that truck.
6: That was a or haul mulch or, you know, construction equipment or whatever, That's that That was him. And so now that truck's kind of a in memoriam of uh, some of the homes that burnt down in that neighborhood.
1: That's where I would say a workhorse truck or a beloved dog should only be sent to Valhalla one way, and that's through fire.
6: I uh, think he would agree with you.
1: So there you go. Maybe he'll preserve it as a as a memorial of the Woolsey fire.
6: I wonder. I, I want to circle back and see, you know, in maybe a couple of weeks if it's still there. Um, all right.
1: Well here, here's a recommendation for uh from my nine year old uh, for a toy for your two year old. <laughs> so I, I'm excited. Sh- all right.
5: Shoot. Yes. Um it has a very long title, but I it's not that <laughs> long. It's just they used every adjective they could really use <laughs> at the end of it. Baby gund Princess Castle stuffed plush playset. And then it says eight inches. Um, I don't know what the gun memes part because it's spelled G-U-N-D in all caps. I, I'm not going to question it. It's $18, <laughs> and it has apparently free shipping, and it has Prime if you have Amazon Prime.
6: But what, it, what is that it, a doll? I house? am sold.
5: It's, it's a dollhouse with um, a stuffed unicorn, a stuffed wand, Ding. a stuffed mirror thing,
1: Ding.
4: a stuffed
5: doll, and a stuffed castle that says My Little Princess and it has a handle on it.
4: And it says Gund because Gund is a stuffed toy maker.
5: Oh! Oh, oh okay.
4: Yeah, remember oh, I gotta go. get a Gund? I've never know. heard of them. Well, uh, you're too young for that one, but yeah, <laughs> it used to be a big thing. Gotta All get right. a Gund?
1: I'll email you the link, but uh, this is uh, certified by a nine-year-old. So and, Spectacular. And this is a kid. You've probably discovered this already. I've put footballs in her hand, guns in her hands, bows and arrows. She goes, She defaulted to the dolls. I
5: shot out my tooth with a bow and arrow. What are you talking about? <laughs> that
1: is true. She used a bow and arrow to pull her first tooth.
6: That uh, that sounds uh, pretty right. That sounds like I would imagine your daughter. <laughs> That's on YouTube. Does... Uh, <laughs> well, uh, All right, we have to get to
1: the other uh, burn truck. Well, Chris and Carlo have a good Black Friday, which is a new greeting,
6: you know. Yeah, no, I, I think it should be uh, endowed in the halls of all great holiday greetings. So, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, in God we trust. That is the motto of Black <laughs> Friday. So, uh Christian Carlo, thanks for uh, for chiming in. So, on Instagram, <clears throat> from the Paradise Fire, and I really honestly think they need to rename the campfire, the Paradise Campfire, or just the Paradise Fire. But uh, a guy posted on Instagram a picture of a, of a. Uh, Pretty new, uh, uh, a 2019 Toyota, I forget what they're called, but it's a four-door pickup, not the Taliban, the the, the North American Toyota four-door pickup, a really high-end, off the assembly line, four-wheel drive, off-road pickup. And all the plastic, uh, uh, he drove through fire, helping people, picking people up, saving people with this truck. The paint is trashed, the plastic uh, uh, above the bumpers is melted and trashed. And I'll, I'll retweet this picture, but he says, uh, here's my Toyota USA commercial. This truck literally saved my life today. My little town of paradise was literally burning down around me. And and the Pandra, as he called it, got me to safety where I could help others twice. Hashtag campfire, hashtag perfect marshmallow. Uh, thanks to the <laughs> – that's what he says. Oh and, and that's what it looks like. What when, you, when you see this picture, it literally – you, you know how the perfect to, uh, campfire mushroom – has uh, has a, a little bit of bubbling charring at one oh, end, yeah. and then it fades from brown back to white. Uh-huh. That's what this pickup looks like. I think he meant to say tundra. It's a, well, it's a tundra, it tundra, but I
3: think he nicknamed it pander. The Pandra. It's a white yeah. uh, tundra. And he said, yeah. thanks
1: to the firefighters, law enforcement, and my fellow health care workers for the work we all did getting the hospital evacuated and our patients to safety." Yeah, he pulled a 95-year-old woman out uh, with uh, this Toyota tundra. So they're giving him a new one. Is, uh, this is the bottom line on this. The punchline here is Toyota is so impressed um, with themselves and their truck that they are uh, giving him a new Toyota Tundra. Yeah! Nice. So there you go. All right, we'll be back right after this. It is G- the Gary and Shannon Show on Black Friday 2018. Brian Suits and toy correspondent Reagan Suits filling in on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Oh.
3: Is this going to turn into Mariah Carey? Ooh,
2: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I'm it
1: fall. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk, the Gary and Shannon Show. Did this turn into Mariah Carey or is it Mar- Mariah Carey now? Been Mariah Carey the entire time. The entire the time? Mm-hmm. She doesn't hit that impossible high note, does she?
4: Of course she does. She
1: always does. I All I Want for Christmas is a great song. The original is great. Didn't need to be covered. But Mariah Carey didn't slaughter it. So I'll, that's high praise for me. You remake a song, you didn't slaughter it. Uh, it, it goes into the, uh, the playlist. But uh, there you go. Well, uh, quick update if you didn't hear about this. Uh, a uh, Islamic terrorist assault team rushed the Chinese consulate in Karachi, Pakistan, yesterday. And uh, though the jury was out for a while, the first people to claim it, a little-known, previously unheard-of organization, the Balochistan Liberation Army, uh, are the ones who uh, the Pakistanis are saying who did it. The, the Chinese are pretty pissed about this because, you know, they've given, they've given foreign policy a 5,000-year miss and just over the past twenty or thirty years, they've decided, yeah, let's start sending more and more people overseas. And the Chinese are uh, busy stripping natural resources uh, in in mines out of uh, southern Pakistan. And apparently, some of the locals are not huge fans of this because the Chinese are doing what they tend to do in Africa as well as in the uh, in in uh, the Southeast Asia, Pakistan, and Southwest Asia, and that is send Chinese to do the mining and not give the locals a dime. That they, What they do is they knock on the capital's front door, they drop a bag of cash, they get the mining rights, and they fly in thousands of Chinese to do the mining. And so uh, the attempt yesterday was to actually overrun a consulate that had over 25 Chinese diplomats in Karachi, but uh, a suicide vehicle apparently uh, detonated and three, three guys with grenades and suicide vests attempted to go into the consulate, but were stopped by Pakistani police, two of whom died in the attempt. And uh, so there, there's that. And then also, for style points, uh, part of the backstory here is that the, in western China, in Zhang province, the Chinese have pretty much decided to choke a budding Islamic revolution in the crib. And they just went straight to concentration camps. They they tried ban the language. They tried imprison the imams, um, and, and uh, burn the Korans. They tried all that, and that didn't work. So the Chinese about two years ago went to round up the men, the, the 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 people of Western China who are not Mandarin Chinese are called Uyghurs, and they they've rounded up the young male Uyghurs and also the Chinese. Very little known fun fact: China has a tiny border with Afghanistan. And Chinese Muslims have been running in and out of Afghanistan for 30 years and getting their war on and then coming back into China all radicalized up and junk. And so the Chinese are trying to put a kibosh on Islam because, A, they don't care about what the Human, what human Rights Watch or the U.N. Human Rights Commission says, uh, and, B, they can. So they're doing it. And so there are concentration camps full of young uh, Muslim men for reeducation. In uh, Western China. And they're they're going to be surprised, but there's going to be blowback, uh, as they say. I don't know why someone didn't think of this before. Selfie Santas. The Westfield San Francisco on Market Street, which has had a holiday Santa on hand since the days it was the Emporium Department Store, is cutting the man in the red suit to a brief cameo. Instead of traditional photos, sit on Santa's lap. The shopping center will offer a selfie Santa. Who will roam the halls on weekends, taking Instagrammable photos with shoppers? He will also appear at a mall tree lighting next month. Uh, very 2018, that a full-time Santa has turned into a part-time gig worker, appearing on demand at the whims of shoppers. So, in other words, there's no more sit-down, uh, no more sit-down Santas. And uh, Amy King, um, in 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 your parenting style, uh, was that an annual thing? What did what did what did you do?
4: I wasn't paying attention, sorry. Uh, uh, I was getting ready for my newscast. Uh,
1: the the sit-down uh, sit Santa thing. In San Francisco, they're doing, oh. they're not, there's, at, a, at a, one little Westfield malls, they're issuing the sit-down Santa, stand in line. Uh, then Wait, you don't a get selfie. to sit on Santa's no, lap? No, he walks oh, around. Oh, that's ridiculous. He walks around and you take a selfie with
4: him. You know, I saw that on a Hallmark movie and I went, oh, geez, is that a new but, thing? Now you can't sit on Santa's but lap. they
1: were joking, right? Well, now it's come true. Oh.
4: We definitely sat on Santa's lap and I have the pictures of my brother Steve and me and you know inevitably one of us was bawling our eyes out.
1: You know what's weird is I don't remember as a kid. I know we I know we stood in line. Yeah, of course. And I know my parents hated it. I don't remember the line. I just remember the excitement. Absolutely. You, you and I and, and where I grew up in in Hawaii, we uh, we went to Aina Hina Mall or we went to the Ala Moana Mall. Hawaiian Santa's shirtless.
4: No, so I am really. Not, look it up. I mean, it makes sense. I guess he surfs sort of.
1: in. There, there, there ain't no reindeer in, on Oahu. He surfs in. He forgot his shirt. He's hmm. wearing. He's wearing a lei. He's wearing a hat, and he has a. Sometimes he has a beard. But I, I have these. I have these awkward pictures of me. as like a six-year-old. I thought nothing is wrong. I'm sitting on the lap of a big shirtless Hawaiian dude, and that and there was, was nothing
4: wrong, Brian. No, there there was nothing wrong. It,
1: they're a little, little out of place these days. Yeah. And 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 any, anyway, we all know there's only one uh, one Santa. Well,
4: what about your resident toy consultant? How does she feel about
1: Santa? Santa? Well, she also has a secondary job here at KFI because inevitably I fill in on Christmas Eve, and she is the Santa progress uh, reporter as of oh, last year. Oh, you track
4: for Norad? Yeah, nice. And she
1: nice. for during the fill in at night for Conway, we track Santa all the way, and Santa called in last year. Just to confirm that he was on the West Coast. Very cool. It was was really cool. So how do
4: you feel about Santa sitting or sitting on his lap to get a picture?
5: Um. Uh, I like the pictures. I just feel like if you were the person actually playing as Santa, it'd be very awkward. Because you're not Santa. Yeah, because you're not Santa. And also, there's a ton of people just sitting on your lap.
1: Random strangers.
5: Random strangers who you don't know. And then people taking pictures of you.
1: And then you just simply identified as Santa one day, and you're not real Santa. Yeah. you may as well be Caitlyn Claus.
5: Yeah, it's it's very, very awkward. Okay. For the actors,
1: Then she doesn't she doesn't really um, uh, lobby for that. She's not really into sitting on Santa's lap anymore. Yeah. Once you discover that there's a real Santa, these faking fakers are you just, it's not worth. Just they're helpers, alone. Brian. For gosh, they're, sakes. they're helping nothing. They're not Santa.
5: They're they're helping kids. Um, exactly. Getting their hopes up and be broken knowing that they're actors. That's what they're helping with. Yeah,
1: because there's only one Santa. So there's that.
5: Amy.
4: You're awfully jaded for nine years old.
1: Amy. No, she knows there's only one Santa.
5: Exactly.
1: We're jaded about these mall uh, Well, Santa doesn't have time to go to all the
4: malls. He has to have helpers. Well, they don't have
5: anybody going to the malls.
1: Ah, okay. All right, we'll uh, take a break. Come back uh, after this. And again, you're... If you have toy recommendations or, or Irma Gerd, I was just at a blank store, and they have a whole bunch of these toys that are uh, that are Herma missing I'll, I'll give you a list of the hot toys that no one can find. But uh, you can go to hashtag ToyQuest2018, and you can update their uh, your progress. This is all to avoid you flat out just asking your kids, what do you want? And uh, robbing Santa of a job. Uh, back right here for this. Gary and Shannon Show, Brian Suit Philly, and KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Ho,
3: ho, ho, ho. You, I'll be so blue,
1: thinking, ooh, you. Oh, I love Frankie Lane. KFI Toy a stimulating target is Black Friday edition of the Gary and Shannon show. Brian Suits filling in for Gary and Shannon with KFI Toy Consultant Reagan Suits here as well. And uh, there's a lot of hard news today, but uh, tell you what, I'm, uh, you act like you're interested, I'll act like I'm doing it. But in between that, so let me just make the case. I was talking to you about, you know, if you, if, one of the great things about getting ready for Christmas is the cooking, um, you know, and Neil will cover that, uh, you know, to death. Uh, on on <laughs> No, those. I think those. I think is I think I think he hits uh, his stride in December, and it's one of the great things is, is you know cooking for a group of people or for your own family or setting up lights, uh, decorating the house. So you always need stuff in the background, and I love music in the background. But <clears throat> a couple of years ago, um, I I discovered these old Dean Martin Christmas specials on YouTube, and I just made a playlist of them. And in one of them, and I want to say that this was ni- December 21st, 1967. And they, they did a switch up on this one. This was Dean. The shtick of this is that the Martins have invited the Sinatras over for a hour long uh, musical special. And so uh, Dean and Frank have just sung Marshmallow World, which is their version. It was great. It was live. They were clearly inebriated. And then they, they sit back down and have some eggnog. And so here's just a, here's a sample of, of the, the ambience of this thing. In between some great songs, and you're decorating the house, or you know, the outside, you're cooking, walking around, doing chores. But this is on the background. You can watch it if you want. It's, to me, it's hypnotic to see these guys live. But uh, here's, here's a little bit of their banter.
3: Hey, look at this. Been here all the time. Yes. Goodness gracious me. There, huh? Now, listen, oh, not too much, because I oh. don't want to get, uh... I don't want to drive home and get picked up for uh, driving too much cinnamon, you know. All the influence of cinnamon or something. That's terrible, a thing like that, oh, you know. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. What is it? I got an idea. Yeah? Now, Christmas Eve, when we're all over at your house, mm-hmm. at midnight, you go up on the roof,
1: and you climb down the chimney and come in through the fireplace and surprise everybody.
2: What's a surprise? I do that every night. Right. Right. Bada-bing. So,
1: anyway, it's... It's just it's, it's really great. It it you can't help but smile, and the you know the music is terrific, uh and all that. And uh you you you, you might know this from the very beginning. Clouds being friendly in the arms the of up. the evergreen tree,
3: and the sun is red like a pumpkin head. It shines so your nose won't freeze. All the world is your snowball, see
1: how it grows, and that's how it goes. And it, what sucks about this is that it was on live T V. And the whole thing, and and it was if this was today, the sound on it would be pristine, and it would be in four K, and and I don't want anyone to CGI it or anything. It's kind of charming on its own in the old NBC, you know, full color and and all that. But it's just that it's the 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 missed potential of of having this lot done live and and have been miked better uh, is just maybe it's something only radio people talk about. I don't know. Uh so. Uh, when we come uh, next break, uh, our toy correspondent will be answering some of your hashtags. Also, Dave Kunz, our good friend Dave Kunz from Channel Seven down down the road. I forgot the call letters. Uh, their automotive specialist has has a great suggestion. I retweeted it out. Uh, and then, by the way, on the Dean Martin Frank Sinatra thing, as you get home tonight, uh, in between watching the uh, the Cougar Husky game for the Pac-12 North uh, Championship, you can you can uh, have Dean Martin Frank Sinatra on. Uh, so there's that. But um, there are a couple – If this might be too late for you, but you can pay people up to 35 bucks an hour to wait in line for you on Black Friday. This is the point where I don't go out, on if that's what it takes. Time-poor, money-rich millennial millennials don't have to waste the precious hours idling in line for Broadway tickets, iPhone drops, restaurant reservations, or big sales when they can pay someone to do it for them. That's you know, and that's um, there's an app for it. Of course, uh, you heard uh, Wayne Resnick this morning talking about there's an app that a guy developed uh, thought about a couple of years ago where you can have someone in a in a car uh, sit on a parking spot for you, and then you you know they indicate hey this is open you whatever pay ten bucks and you you're going to be there in five minutes or whatever and you tell them I'm in the green Tesla. And you get there, they you honk, they back out, you get the spot, uh, all's well. This is very similar. It's funny. There was, a, there was a parking app called Parking Monkey, invented in San Francisco, where if, if you slug a meter for the full, whatever, two or four hours, but you're gone after one hour in a very high parking demand area, you put the spot up on this app called Parking Monkey, and you take bids. And when someone says, all right, I'll, I'll pay you five bucks for the remaining time, Um, You settle the deal, you have the make and model of the car, they pull up and honk, you pull out, they take over your meter. Well, it sounds like a pretty great idea in a place like Los Angeles, right? Well, City of San Francisco served these guys with a a seasoned assist, and they caved. Then Santa Monica did it, and they caved. So now there's a footprint where you can't use this app. Uh, So Santa Monica caved, like that's their property, I mean, in my view, you're renting it for whatever, two hours or four hours. But anyway, then L.A. followed suit. So you, this parking app called Parking Monkey is not available in L.A. Meanwhile, in a private parking spot, uh, this, this uh, parking app exists. So, I, I mean, I just as I did the math last night, I just said, okay, get in a car, burn an hour's worth of gas, deal with crowds of human beings acting stupidly. And this is all to save fifty bucks on a on a TV. So between the 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 aggression, the gas, the time, and everything, I, I mean, that's why that's why Odin invented Amazon. Because if I can do the same thing, if I can only save twenty bucks and do it on Amazon, then to me, I'm making money. Because I, I still have my time. I'm still walking around in my underwear um, and all that. But uh, that's not in any way, shape, or form a judgment on what you're spending your day doing here on uh, Black Friday. Uh, back in a minute with another toy recommendation from the KFI Toy Consultant, uh, Reagan Suits. It is Gary and Shannon Show, Brian Suit filling in for Black Friday 2018. KFI AM 6:40. More stimulating talk.
3: The is
1: right. The spirits up. Uh, David Bowie. RIP. KFI AM 6:40. More stimulating talk. I'm Gary and Shannon, Brian Seat filling in for Gary and Shannon. Uh, next hour, uh, ABC News correspondent, Alan Zach, will talk to us about the Romaine outbreak. And you may you may have to look no further than Ventura County, for, or at least here in California, for the outbreak. So uh, we'll we'll get to that. You're, you are still to get rid of it, though. It's not an official recall yet but regardless the cdc wants to toss your salad so just let them do it and move on to the iceberg um well so we have uh, toy correspondent reagan suits here and we do have amazon has a list and they know this because they know more about your kids and what you want to buy than you do because uh, their algorithm is better than your memory so they, they know that there's 26 hot toys this year. Here's a handful of them. By the way, uh, I retweeted it. Uh, Jeff Koons from Channel 7. It's, he points out that born in Southern California, virtually unchanged since 1960s, hot wheels for boys, hot wheels with a flexible track is still uh, a beloved gift and and and, and you know what? I can't disagree because it's just so simple you put the track together put the hot wheels in the track put the track up on you know the couch down to the floor uh and and all that and and I'm trying I'm trying to be all 2018 I, and you know I if you have a kid that's not quite sure who they are in this world then go spend all day long trying to find a so-called gender neutral toy I don't know what that is but I do know that I loved Hot Wheels and I would love to pass that love of Hot Wheels on but let's bounce it off a 9-year-old girl. What is the problem with Hot Wheels? They're cars in a track. They go down the down the track.
5: There's nothing really wrong with them. It just depends on what toys you like. Me for instance, it it depends on what mood I'm in. I could play with Hot Wheels sometimes, but it depends on my mood,
1: but... What mood do you have to be in to see cars go down a track?
5: Kind of excited, and I need to get my excitement out Oh. from cars.
1: But, I mean, do you do you think of it as a boy toy? As a boy-exclusive, male-exclusive toy?
5: No. If I've heard of some girls who want Hot Wheels. Like, some of my friends want Hot Wheels, and they're girls. And a lot of boys want them. So... I would not say that they're just for boys.
1: Because you've never said, Dad, you." I, I need the Hot Wheels. I want the Hot Wheels.
5: I've never said that, but no. some girls have. Okay.
1: Um. All right. I, I don't know what this is, but all 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 the darn kids um, in the middle schools know about LOL Surprise Dolls. This is for people who like dolls. What are LOL Surprise Dolls? Why are they still red hot?
5: They are not really for middle schoolers. They're kind of for, like. Not ten-year-olds, maybe like twelve. Yeah, ten. Um, they are dolls that cannot move, so basically not that good of dolls. But they are very expensive, and they come with some accessories, like very cheap wigs. Well, some of them are like silicone wigs, and some of them are actual like filament hair, fake hair.
1: You, you don't you don't like them, but being objective, you're, no. you're saying that a lot of your friends like them, the LOL actually, LOL surprise Are they dolls.
5: like uh, American Girl dolls? No, they are tiny, and oh. they do not move their arms or legs. Oh.
1: But p- people not her like them. So uh, Actually. Ch- chances are, if you have a, if, uh, a girl, this might be a good toy.
5: Actually, a- anything
1: with LOL surprise.
5: Actually, no, it's not really that good of a toy. It's very um, misleading in the commercials. They are not good. They are not leading up to what they say in the commercials. They not, are not worth the money.
1: Not truthful, you might say.
5: No. Uh, they right. say that they're good.
1: The Baby Alive potty dance baby. Uh, why is this popular? Or what does it <laughs> oh, do? Oh, no. No.
5: Okay. Um. So, um, <laughs> Baby Alive is a baby doll, like it says. Cute. No, no. Um, you feed it.
1: Yeah.
5: Check. Yeah, and then um after. It has an, it. It doesn't have a stomach. It just has a neck that lays straight down to the um, rear, mm-hmm. and it poops it out in a diaper.
1: So it's a pooping baby. Yes. It, is, is that a little it, too it, too real? Why do kids Why is this popular then?
5: I don't know. Maybe it's the excitement of seeing the, the food just go down. It's throw it So out it, inst- of its it butt. instantly poos? Yes. And if you feed it liquids, it's even worse because it comes out immediately, like pee.
4: Like well, they have diapers on, so it's okay, right? Yeah. No,
5: because sometimes... Sometimes you, you need- don't have diapers on? Yeah.
1: Oh, so, that could be problematic.
5: And also, when you take the diapers off, it leaks everywhere.
1: So, don't, Amy, go back to your young days. Wouldn't you want the doll to keep the food in for like an hour at least? You and think? You could play feed the, the baby then an hour later, when you're all ragged and sweaty and you've been chasing cleaning up the house, then it poos. That's not that realistic.
5: Yeah, and that then that you would see be it mixed. Yeah,
1: but you're getting it all at once.
5: Yeah, and, and what are they? Who are they popular with? How old? Um, I'm pretty sure young, but not like two or three. Maybe Ama- like five.
1: Amazon says three plus. There's no way a three-year-old. The three-year-old's still doing this. Now, there's no way someone wearing diapers is interested in a, a doll wearing diapers.
5: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they don't even know to put the food down the throat and then it's going to come out. They're probably sticking
1: it up the bum.
5: Yeah, they'll be sticking it up the bum and then it's going to be stuck.
4: Yeah. We used to feed them, uh Oreos. That was fun.
1: Oh, you have one of these? I mean, you're. Baby alive? Yeah. I didn't, but my friends did. Yeah. Well, so I, the, the bottom line our toy consultant Reagan is saying. Anus. Anus. So there people. you go. Um, all right. Uh, we'll be back next hour with more reviews. Also, hashtag ToyQuest 2018, like Dave Coons did from Channel 7 down the, down the uh, road. So if you're out there and you're looking for a, a rare toy, you, you ran across something and you know where there's a, a rich vein of them where people can detour and find them and uh, put it on that hashtag. Uh, we'll be back next hour talking Romaine. Speaking of putting things in your mouth and them coming out almost immediately – Lana Zack from ABC will talk to us about what uh, the continuing romaine avoidance policy. KFI M six forty more stimulating talk.
3: Have a holly jolly Christmas! It's the best time of the year. I don't know. There'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly,
1: jolly Christmas. KFI M640 more stimulating target is the Gary and Shannon show. Brian Suits filling in. Also, uh, the designated KFI toy consultant, uh, certified nine year old actual girl who once took one of her front teeth out with a crossbow, or uh, with a, uh, I'm sorry, with a with a uh, traditional bow and the floss tied around her teeth, Reagan suits. Thanks for for sitting in, sweetie.
5: No problem, Dad.
1: Um, And so, that, by the way, Burl Ives, quick fun fact, notorious a-hole, just absolutely intolerant of anyone who was... Here was his thing. He was was a New Deal, Woody Guthrie, folk-singing commie in the 30s and 40s, Stalin apologist, great voice, so years, years later, he's cast as the narrating, mysteriously moving, mysteriously um, mobile snowman in the iconic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So as, as the years go by, when he runs into, when he's at concerts, whatever, he retired to Anacortes, Washington. Um, so around Anacortes uh, or anywhere he went on some revival concert or whatever – even though he had this long musical career in folk music, which is a code word for, uh, for commie socialist music, uh, people would shout out Holly Jolly Christmas because can you name a, besides silver and gold, you know, which is the other big number in, uh, Rudolph. Can you name another Burl Ives song? And I, I cannot except for anything off Rudolph. So, if if he was a guest at your tribal casino or whatever he was on T V, whatever, he wanted to sing his original songs about collective farms or propagate whatever, right? But if you shouted out Holly Jolly Christmas, he went nuts. He would just go absolutely nuts. So there's and, and then he did actually turn out to be a very bitter person. Uh, so there's that. But you know what would turn that frown upside down on Old Borough Lives? Adam Tickets. The free movie Friday program with Adam Tickets is back. The Adam tickets, uh, tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions all from your phone, and skip the lines. Today, Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance. at for free movie tickets, text them now. Text the word REPORTER to ADAM1. That's A-T-O-M, numeral 1, 28661 for your chance to win. Text the word Reporter, you know why? Because Chris and Carlo would be too long, so we're saying reporter. Standard data and text messages may apply, and so would Mollenbeck. Forget about that. Uh, well, here's Blake with a sounder for this. Uh, I forget what we call this again. Top trending. Time for what's happening. What's happening? Uh,
2: stop, stop.
1: Well, this was ugly, and uh, an actual shooting, never mind the brawl at the Palmdale Walmart yesterday after the doorbusters at approximately 6 p.m. to 6.30 with L.A. Sheriff's Department responding left and right. A brawl that started in the Walmart moved outside to the parking lot of the Walmart. However, no one was hurt, though someone saw a gun, but in a shocking turn of events in Palmdale, in the Palmdale-Lancaster area, nobody saw anything. It was really weird. Meanwhile, Hoover, Alabama, police responded to a fight inside an Alabama shopping mall, shot and killed a man who had brandished a weapon. Authorities said today two other people were injured, including a 12-year-old girl. The Hoover PD said in a statement that two men were engaged in a physical altercation at the glitzy River Chase Galleria in Hoover, Alabama. Isn't that redundant? Or, pardon me. Isn't that a contradiction? The glitzy River Chase Galleria. One of the men pulled out a handgun and shot the other man twice. Two officers who were providing security at the mall heard the gunfire, approached the area. They spotted a suspect waving a pistol and shot him. Always a great move. Uh, he died at the scene. His name was not immediately released. Uh, police say he was a 21-year-old man, and he was he hailed from Huey Town, So he, he came uh, from Hueytown to Hoover. The other shooting victim was an 18-year-old male from Birmingham. He was taken to a nearby hospital, serious condition, Twelve-year-old bystander was also shot and taken to Children's Hospital by a Hoover Fire Department rescue squad. She was reportedly in stable condition. So there you go. Uh, a troublemaker from Hueytown meets a nefarious end, a a, a permanent end uh, in his visit to Hoover, Minnesota. Maybe you've seen these reports on TV uh, out here in the LA area. This means that your son is making hash. I don't know what they make of it in Minneapolis. Authorities are investigating after a house exploded in St. Paul Friday morning, sending debris flying across the surrounding area. One victim was found inside, taken to a nearby hospital. The victim's condition was not immediately known. Eight adult neighbors have been displaced, some with shattered windows. This occurred around 8.40 a.m. this morning at the intersection of Payne and Edgerton. You know that. In St. Paul, according to the St. Paul Fire Department, fire crews were working to determine the extent of the damage. A nearby restaurant owner, Fred Yarusso, told WCCO that he was just pulling up to his business when the explosion happened in a in a garage. He said he thought he was hit and that the explosion was un- believ- unbelievably loud around here. Like like I say, when you when you hear about these mystery explosions, you know, from Azusa to from Azusa to Palisades, uh, all, they're always in a garage. Th- that means that some rich person's kid has discovered. That if you put a bunch of bud in a one-liter plastic bottle and you poke holes in the bottom and then you shoot butane into the one-liter plastic bottle, it actually extracts hash oil out of the bud and it drips out of the bottle. And then they collect it and they sell it to their, uh, to their fun-loving friends. Uh, the only problem is they're doing it in a garage that's unventilated and they're now filling up the garage, filling up the garage with butane because they do this for half an hour or an hour or 2 hours butane doesn't go anywhere and then your your water tank clicks on cuz you know there's a pilot light and so all you rocket scientists out there who are selling hash oil the hard way you're blowing up dad's garage so that and the reason I say this about this the reason that this looks suspicious to me is because if this was a actual explosive explosive I don't I don't believe we'd be talking about a survivor uh, on this, if so this is a guy making a peroxide bomb, because Minneapolis uh, has has been the largest contributor to the Al shabaab terrorist movement back in Somalia, that if, if this was a guy trying to home grow uh, an explosive, I think he'd be dead. Uh, but this seems to me to be like one of these uh, Palisades fireworks shows, as the uh, the uh, aficionados of hash say. Uh, the University of Washington marching band, the Marching Huskies, had a, uh, accident last night in, and there is, Amy King knows this, there's a town called George in the state of Washington. It there is. There is.
4: George Washington. George
1: Washington. There's also hump tulips. Because you're from the Portland area, right?
4: There's what?
1: <clears throat> hump tulips. I don't know if hump tulips. It's, it's west of Hoquiam, duh. Oh. I'm okay. kidding. No, it is west of Hoquiam, but it's hump tulips. Um, but that's not where we lay our scene. George Washington is where we lay our scene. A trooper with the Washington State Patrol says as many as 25 students were taken to nearby hospitals to be treated for injuries that were not serious nor life-threatening after one of three charter buses carrying members of the University of Washington, uh, better known as University of California, Seattle, marching, the marching band rolled onto its side Thursday on Interstate 90. This is because they're heading to America's town, Pullman, Washington, to, uh, to participate in America's game, the Apple Cup, the beloved Washington State University Cougs uh, playing the University of Washington Huskies for the Pac-12 North Championship. And it's uh, really a formality if you know anything about anything. Uh, all right. We'll be back in just a minute. Uh, there's a few more stories that we'll get to. Uh, plus, uh, ABC's Lana Zach is going to join us about, uh, you know, about basically if you have romaine lettuce in your house, just chop it up and stick it in the toilet now and cut out the middleman. We'll be back right after this Gary and Shannon show. Brian Suits here with toy correspondent Reagan Suits on KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Out of all the reindeers, you know you're the mastermind. Run, run, Rudolph. Randolph ain't too far behind. Buddy Holly. 1959. That's awesome. Good run, poll. Run, Good poll, Blake. KFI M640. More stimulating talk. It is. It's Gary Shannon on Black Friday, 2018. The Centers for Disease Control still say avoid the romaine if you want to avoid the explosive diarrhea. Lana Zach or ABC News joins us, and uh, and also coming up to very angry farmers up in Fresno, but the uh, CDC is. They're saying it's. Uh, they're blaming California,
2: Lana. They are, and you know, California farmers are not going to be pleased with what they're saying. So, uh, there are a couple of different updates that came out of Washington today. First, from uh, from the head of the commissioner of the FDA, uh, who says that based on growing and harvesting pad, ha- harvest, <laughs> wow. Too much, uh, too much tryptophan. I guess harvesting patterns uh, that they believe that the outbreak likely came from California. Um, that's uh, that's already a place uh, out there. You know where the farmers have been complaining that this that this. Uh, This widespread panic that they believe that the government has created by telling everybody to dump the romaine lettuce has hurt their industry. And now uh, it looks like there's no relief for California uh, lettuce farmers.
1: Yeah, and they're mad up in Fresno because the warehouses are stacking up. They're saying it's irresponsible because usually the the FDA is able to actually pinpoint by this point an an actual farm and that they're going to lose all this lettuce
2: right and now just and just saying that it's california as opposed to it was this specific place this specific brand strain um and just telling everybody that they need to dump all of their romaine lettuce um it it's it's done um according to the farmers out there irreparable harm uh not just to them but to the entire industry and they say that it has created panic among consumers the uh the head of the fda says that they are working on on better labeling so that they'll be able to have to avoid in the future this type of Mass recall, but uh, but for the folks who tie their livelihoods to uh, to farming romaine lettuce, this is this is still a blow, and I don't think that pinpointing California is going to make them feel much better about it.
1: Um, the KFI toy and salad correspondent has a, a question for <laughs> That's you. That's title. She's also my nine-year-old daughter.
5: Okay, Lana. What if I the, I did not actually do this, but what if I? Went into the fridge about a week ago and ate some romaine lettuce. What would really happen to me right now? Well, no, the question
1: was, what if you ate some and you didn't get sick? Do you still have to throw that out?
2: Yeah, would you still have to throw it out. Oh, okay, got it. So the official word from the Centers for Disease Control is that you should throw out your romaine lettuce. That's their official standard response. That they think, even if you haven't gotten sick, that that even if that even if your romaine lettuce didn't come from California, they are still saying today that you need to throw it out.
1: And I should point out that um, she didn't actually eat any romaine in a legally binding sense. Um, that we don't make her do any of our food tasting for us, and uh, we don't even know what romaine like, looks like.
2: I like the accuracy in reporting. That's the
1: <laughs> There you go. Also. Um, well, <laughs> Um, are they, is there like a, a light at the end of this romaine-less tunnel or what?
2: Well, so they, the, uh, the head of the FDA, Scott Gottlieb says that, um, uh, that there is going to be romaine heading out towards, uh, towards the supermarket very soon. That romaine says, is going to be coming from places like Florida and Arizona, uh, and they'll work to better label it so that they know that it is part of the safe strands of, uh, of romaine lettuce, but, um... But there's no specific data as to when that's going to happen.
1: So we might be facing a Christmas without romaine.
2: Um, it, it's doubtful, actually, that it'll take that long. And uh, you could always do, like President Trump did and have your Caesar salad made out of other types of lettuce, like, dare I say it, iceberg?
1: Uh, yeah, it's an inferior lettuce, but it works. As long as you, you're using crushed anchovies and a raw egg and all that, a Caesar's a Caesar.
2: Caesar's a Caesar. I don't know that everybody else would agree. I, I think that you sound like you're much more of a Caesar purist, given the, the crushed anchovies. I am, and eggs.
1: but I'm just yeah. not. I'm not a fan of explosive no, diarrhea. Not for you, yeah. So somewhere there will be an island of misfit leafy vegetables this Christmas.
2: Yeah. Well, there's there are already uh, other people who, online who have been support who have been suggesting alternative um, alternative greens to have with your Caesar sal- salad, like kale. They say that. They're better approximates the crunch in romaine, but I think romaine is, is sort of, I think it's necessary for our Caesar salad personally. Yeah, so hopefully I, they'll figure it all out. They'll isolate the strain. They'll figure out why it happened uh, and, and go about making those safeguards so that nobody else needs to get sick and that people can freely enjoy their lettuce and that California farmers can yeah. get back to
1: and and I would still consciously rather eat diarrhea romaine than ever eat kale. So there's some lines I won't cross.
2: Uh, All right, have a... I don't even know how to respond to
1: that. (laughs) That was an op-ed. That was opinion. You shouldn't... uh, Don't lower yourself to my level. I'll
2: let you have that
1: one. All right, have a happy Black Thursday. That's my new greeting.
2: I like it. And you as well.
1: All right, uh, thank you very much. There there she goes, Lana ABC News correspondent. We'll be back in just a minute. The latest, uh, a Turkish newspaper, which is a code word for the Turkish government, is... uh, They're now threatening to go ahead and release the audio. If Trump is not going to acknowledge the crown prince of Saudi Arabia... Personally, ordered the murder and dismemberment of Jamal Khashoggi. The Turks are, are going to be uh, sure to pin it on him. That's more coming up. It is a Black Friday edition of the Gary and Shannon show. Brian Suits here and with daughter Reagan reviewing toys. We'll have some more toy reviews coming up this hour. You can go to hashtag ToyQuest2018 to recommend or diss any toys to help each other so we can get the right thing for our kids without having to ask them. We'll be back right after this. KFI 640 more stimulating talk. <laughs>
3: Outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it does. KFI show AM
1: 640 more stimulating target is Gary Shannon for Black Friday 2018. Brian Suits here with KFI's toy snow. and salad correspondent. Reagan suits, and uh, you like this song. It's uh, Dean Martin. Yeah I,
5: like it. it's yeah, I like it. It's a good song.
1: That is a good song. Uh, I forgot who. I think there's a story behind it. I forgot who wrote it. But anyway, it's a great song. Good pull, Blake. See that's positive reinforcement. I'm I'm sorry you hate Christmas music, but this is and also that that's not a Christmas song. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Let it snow. But he doesn't like the cold either so yeah
0: I hate the cold too. which
1: I because I don't get it because you grew up around here there's no cold around here it's cold for me um so a Turkish newspaper making a veiled threat to the United States if you know what I'm saying that's our lead story in swamp watch
3: 2018 drain the swamp we're gonna drain the swamp of Washington we're gonna have fun doing it we're all doing it together
2: launch.
1: Garen Shannon for 11-whatever-2018 Black Friday, and here's some housekeeping. Uh, uh, Producer Nick... D- did you put that o- did you get that audio of Trump talking about steam versus electromagnetic yes that's in your uh, in the folder yeah <laughs> what's the name of the folder again it's a z suit it's your folder yeah it's suits but then what Gary and Shannon or which one uh standby okay I'll find it <laughs> I'll open up Gary did you do Gary and Shannon no that was me okay but anyway the president made uh, phone calls to various service members around the country for Thanksgiving yesterday and as he spoke with one naval officer it, it was one of the weirdest conversations, if you didn't hear it happen, because it got out all around the Internet, quote, steam is very dependable, but you pretty much have to be Albert Einstein to understand electromagnetic. And this really was a thing that, uh, that President Trump said in uh, one of the phone calls to the naval officer. If you know the context, I'll, I'll tell you the context when, uh, when, I, when I get this. But It's in uh, Z-Suits. Yep, Gary and Shannon. Oh, Gary there's and a black, there's a Black Friday folder and with today's date. Oh, got it. All right, perfect. Uh, so, oh, I only have Thanksgiving night fight shuts down Riverside something or other. In that one, I will we'll double check. Oh, that was uh, that sure was that? last year. I'm sorry about it. Uh, so, what what are we doing anyway? z drive. Yeah, this is suits. Such great yes yeah, suits. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right, you click on suits. Uh, yeah, and then you go to Gary N. The number, the letter N, yeah. Shannon. Yeah. All right. And then, and then I don't see a Black Friday. Uh, I see eleven twenty four seventeen Black Friday. Well, well we're, that's we're my gonna, mistake. We're going to get that for you because it, it does exist. Uh, yeah, if you can find it, because yeah. people won't believe. It's somewhere me. in your folder. Yeah, people won't believe me that that uh, that is what the president said. But we'll uh, we will. Uh, Aha! We'll buy. I can't try, wait. Try now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. So here we I go. I see what I did. Uh, this is the president on he, – he had – I, I don't even want to get into the wide-ranging uh, open speakerphone uh, talking with very service members and things like that. But when I saw this on the Twitter, when it was quoted, I thought someone's making fun of Trump. But th- this is an actual exchange with a naval officer, and I believe he was in Bahrain or somewhere. And here's the commander-in-chief talking to a naval officer – about electromagnetic cats versus steam cats,, so when you do the new carriers as we do, and as we're thinking about doing, would you go with steam or would you go with electromagnetic because steam is very reliable, and the electromagnetic i mean unfortunately you have to be Albert Einstein to really work it properly. What would you do
6: uh, yes, sir sort of have to be Albert
1: Einstein to run the nuclear uh, power plants that we have here as well. But, but we're doing that uh, very well. The, um, the, I would go, sir, Mr. President, I would go uh, electromagnetic cast. I
3: okay, think that's okay. go. Uh,
1: We do pay a heavy cost for uh,
3: transiting the steam around. Okay, so
1: out of context, that's one of the most bizarre exchanges that you've ever heard Trump have. Uh, the the debate between steam and electromagnetic cats. So when you do the new carriers, as we do and as we're thinking about doing, would you go with steam or would you go with electromagnetic? Because steam is very reliable. And, And many people accuse Trump of being in the pocket of big steam. But here's what he's talking about. The newest U.S. aircraft carrier, the Gerald R. Ford, does not use the, the 90-year-old technology of steam catapults. You know, the, the aircraft are catapulted off of an aircraft carrier if you're a real country with real carriers. And for years, they, these have been steam-powered pistons that do this because power is not an issue on a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, right? Well, the problem is that steam catapults require a crew of like 1,000 of, of the carrier crew are dedicated to the steam catapults. And with the introduction of the electromagnetic catapults, maintenance and manning is down to like 200 people. So they save a 1,000 crew members. So the Navy loves electromagnetic catapults. There have been some teething problems in the whole thing. And Trump was briefed on this earlier, and his vast knowledge of naval aviation uh, came into effect. And, and he uh, was wondering, well, why didn't you just put dependable steam catapults up there? And the Navy pointed out, well, when they were first introduced, they were not dependable. It took a decade to get them dependable. Now we're going to put something um, even better, more dependable and, and all that. So out of context, it just sounded bizarre. But that is what that was. He was talking to a naval aviator on a carrier about what about the future of naval aviation. But it came out as steam is really dependable and you have to be Albert Einstein to make the thing work and, and you don't. And I the,
4: loved how he said, well, we got to be Albert Einstein then.
1: I, and that's the guy's pointing out. The U.S. Navy operates more nuclear reactors than any nation on Earth. Just the U.S. Navy successfully operates nuclear reactors left and right. I think we can figure out electromagnetic uh, propulsion for, for catapults. This is how the phone call ended. This is how Trump summed it up. Sir, Mr. President, I would go uh, electromagnetic cats. I okay, think that's good. Okay. Good go. Uh, We do pay a heavy cost. Uh, transiting the steam around the uh, the ship good okay i like to hear that i'm actually happy about that answer because at least uh you know they're doing what they're doing but that's uh, basically the i meant to do that of the uh donald (laughs) Donald trump uh, lexicon you
4: know what was interesting about did you listen to that the whole thing yesterday morning i I actually did okay i was listening to it too and um you know he he's talking to these people and trying to be real friendly and and i think it was great that he called them um but then he would ask the question, and then because of the satellite phone or whatever, there was like this three-second delay before they would answer him. And the first time, I heard this big gap, and I was like, so they're sitting there going, what did he just ask me or something? But it happened every time, so they might have been saying that, but it was consistent between all of the different people that he talked to that there was a big gap before they would answer. And
1: They must have briefed him and said, look, they're not eye-rolling there's, it's, there's, your your voice is actually bouncing off a satellite, and then his is coming back. Yeah, because that that's a terrible delay. Because it prom- prompts you to say, "Did you hear me?" Right as they're answering, uh, and uh, and all that. Uh, also, in Swamp Watch, a Turkish newspaper, one of the few. If if you're in business and printing in Turkey as a newspaper, if you're broadcasting as a TV broadcaster, you are a mouthpiece of the Erdogan uh, era. is is real simple, <clears throat> and the Turks want to drive a gap between the United States and Saudi Arabia. What Trump did last week saying, well, we may never know. Even though the CIA briefed him, we do know that, that the crown prince ordered the death of Khashoggi. Turkey is not letting it rest. It's not, They're not letting it behind them. A Turkish newspaper, Al-Huriyat, is now saying that the CIA is holding the smoking gun phone call, is in possession of a phone call recording of Saudi crown prince Mohammed bin Salman, in which he is heard giving an instruction to silence Jamal Khashoggi as soon as possible. I told Bill Handel this on, uh, on Tactical Wednesday uh, when, when I was in here, that, that there's no doubt in my mind that Turkish intelligence, if they recorded it, they gave it to the CIA, uh, because this is their agenda, is, is to confront the U.S., assuming that we would still reinforce our values of, of, of free and open press. And this is where the Turks have miscalculated that in 2018, um, it's okay to kill a journalist. In fact, if you kill journalists, you're probably on the uh, on the A-list. And so uh, the Turks have badly miscalculated, thinking that, that Trump would somehow be shocked and stunned that a Saudi prince would lie to him and that reinforcing American values of a free and open press uh, would actually occur. Neither of those have happened. So uh, that's a very clever game of chess that Trump is playing with uh, Erdogan. But... The uh, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia did this. Everybody knows it. But we uh, have a we have a very abusive relationship with Saudi Arabia. When it is the opposite, we hold the cards. We just are afraid to play the cards. I've never understood that. And that's bipartisan. Every single Obama can't talk any s yes about this. He would have done the same thing. Uh, we'll be back right after this. A uh, another toy to be reviewed by KFI's uh, official toy reviewer for 2018. Uh, my daughter Reagan Suits is in here. Uh, For the day for Black Friday, Brian suits back in just a minute on the Gary and Shannon Show. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk.
2: Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me.
1: KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. It is the Gary and Shannon Show for Black Friday. 2018. Brian Suits in here until two o'clock. Then Mo Kelly and John Thomas. John Thomas was on earlier, physically in here with Wayne Resnick. He'll be back, teaming up with Mo Kelly for the Johnny Ken Show. And our toy and salad correspondent for 2018 is my daughter Reagan Suits. And so uh, now we're we're we're, uh, recommending. uh, She's recommending toys for boys and girls. You can chime in at hashtag ToyQuest2018. And if you have recommendations of what parents can look for, this is all to avoid you flat out asking your kids what they want for Christmas. So now, uh, something for the dudes or fans of this particular genre of toy, I guess we'll say. What do you got?
5: Well, for boys or girls, if they want this toy, there's something called a Jurassic World Jurassic Rex. Um... It is a three-foot toy um, that is, when I found it on a website for selling toys. Named
1: um, after a large South American river.
5: That um, we're not allowed to say. Mm -hmm. Um, It went for $50, but there were two negative comments and a lot of five-star comments.
1: Yeah, this is ratio. you like... Throw out the negative comments. What this is, from nose to tail, it's a three-foot-long Tyrannosaurus.
5: Both of them said that it was super top-heavy, so it could not stand up.
1: That's a befoodle of a criticism.
5: Yeah, but we should probably explain what it is for. It it comes with these minifigures, I'm pretty sure. They may not be included. It says... That it can swallow minifigures. It swallows the minifigures, kind of like the baby alive. It comes out, but it's not real food. You open its stomach, which is kind of weird. So it doesn't poop. So it'll
1: it'll it, eat smaller dinosaur figures.
5: Yeah, it doesn't poop.
1: Doesn't poop them out.
5: You just open a, like a hatch on the stomach. Doesn't
1: like, poop out Chris Pratt.
5: You know. You know hatches on a plane that just come out for the stairs? Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's It's
1: So when it fills creepy. up on smaller toy figures,
5: um you open the hatch and all of them come out. Are there people too or is it just
4: uh other dinosaurs?
5: I think you can feed I don't know. It looks I mean, like you can dinosaurs eat people in the
4: in the yeah. Jurassic
1: World movies.
5: I don't, you, you may be able to um feed it a lol surprise. Little what about, you no, know, you,
1: you collect those LP, what are those LPSs? That you know, I don't like...
5: collect them. Becky does. Well, Becky's my best friend. But,
1: but it's a small doll or whatever.
5: It, it's not a, really a, it is a doll, but an animal form. And it has bobble heads that you can um, make it walk around. And well, what I'm going to do
1: is this thing is a big, huge mouth. You can take any of your toys. And stuff it in this Tyrannosaurus. So if mom well, if mom says come in and clean your room, you can jam a bunch of stuff down the Tyrannosaurus.
5: Well, not everything. Um, like one of the Barbie dream houses, which I could have reviewed, um, that doesn't fit down it. Does yeah. a Barbie fit down it? No. no. Too it, big. It,
1: Barbies are just yeah. a bit too big.
5: Actually, not just a bit. Way too big. Oh,
1: okay. So the
5: mouth is only part of the three feet. The three feet is mostly the tail and the body. Yeah, it's
1: a length uh, for the tip of the tail and the nose, but it's still a big tyrannosaurus. But it you're, is. You're saying this does not this this is not exactly your toy. Not you're not speaking for all nine year old girls.
5: Yeah, I'm not speaking for everybody.
1: If I got you this, would you lie and say you loved it? No. You would tell me the truth?
5: Any toy I wouldn't lie and say, Oh, I love this.
1: You do, I, you, what would you say if you unwrapped this on Christmas morning?
5: I wouldn't be rude about it.
1: You'd say, WTF, are you thinking?
5: No. <laughs> um, I don't really know what I'd say. Well, now you know that you should not buy me this for okay. Christmas so that You'd say, you what would do you think, never I'm really happen.
1: Um uh So that's for the boys. i got well, okay. to say, um, in, in early on in my career, I was a little boy. And I had Godzilla dolls in Hawaii. This is cool. This is really, really cool. Soft plastic. You move the legs, move the arms. But that's the, the main feature is you can jam whatever toy you want down the mouth, and the Tyrannosaurus makes a sound. And then when it gets full, you just open up the belly and pour the toys out.
5: Wait, does it say it makes
1: a sound? Well, it's got a little speaker on it. I'm assuming it makes a sound. It's like an eating sound or something.
4: It Wait, is this the one that comes with a a cage? I'm looking online to, try to no. find it. <clears throat> no, oh, the super colossal T-Rex. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's
1: yeah. Cool List for fifty-five for fifty-four ninety-nine. It's forty-nine forty-nine, 49. 49. Yeah.
4: at Target. Yeah.
1: So I, I would I would say this thing if you have a if you have a boy below the age of seven, um, this would be a must-get toy, and I wouldn't stand in line for it. I'd go to this one website where it's named after a river all I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, the toy correspondent will come back next uh, hour, and uh, so will I, because it's Gary and Chen Black Friday show. Hashtag ToyQuest2018, if you want to add to our discussion, uh, or chime in, or dispute what we're saying, whatever you want. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Frosty the
4: snowman
3: was said. a jolly happy soul. With a corncob pipe and a
4: button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty the snowman made the children laugh and
5: play. KFI Would AM 640, it's the Gary and Shannon Show. More stimulating talk. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk.
1: Thank you, partner. It's the Gary and Shannon Show for Black Friday 2018. Brian sits here and our... Annual toy and salad correspondent, Reagan Suits, sitting in. uh, Actually, really more sitting in for Gary on this one. I'm sitting in for Sharon. I mean, Sharon. 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 I I said you were Sharon Fannin. Um, That's an inside joke here. Uh, So it is our number four. And um, the story of the American, John Allen Chow, from Vancouver, Washington, an international... Adventure tourist, a uh, open-water diver, a wilderness EMT, a wilderness paramedic, a a guy who traveled the world, also a devout Christian, evidently killed by the tribe uh, that inhabits this island in the Indian Ocean Sentinel Island. And his goal was to convert them to Christianity. But you know what? Here's the thing about goals. If you don't have squad goals, then it's not going to work out. The tribesmen disagreed and killed him. And uh, here is Chuck uh, Sieverton from ABC News in New York joining us. Uh, the story broke on Wednesday, and I got it in dribs and drabs. When I left it, Chuck, they hadn't even recovered the guy's body yet. Where, where are we now?
3: Right. Right. And they don't know how they're going to be able to do that, Brian, because it's just too dangerous. I mean, I don't know if you've been uh, – Online with this, but there's some old film. Uh, there's not a lot of film of these these tribesmen, these tribes people of this really remote island that's just like a speck in like the middle of the Indian Ocean between Southeast Asia and India. And I mean, it, it looks like some old Hollywood silent movies of you know, I mean, people holding and dancing with spears, and they're not even sure what kind of language they speak i mean it is just so inaccessible and anybody who has tried to get to this island has um, most of them have, have died most of them have been have been killed
1: and and, and, and what, yeah what you're talking about is the indian government has designated them as untouchable basically so don't don't interfere with the society but they had a contact right. team try to get in touch with them and they shot video in i guess the late 70s or early 80s and uh you know they're they're wearing uh, you know belts and nothing below the waist they're totally naked right. and necklaces and they're throwing right. they're throwing coconuts at these natives because they they value that and that this is the only known video uh, of these of the of these chaps
3: yeah yeah no one has ever figured out why they're so hostile to outsiders and their and again their language remains a mystery Uh, the, you know, experts have thought, well, they just want to be left alone. But so, uh, but I mean, so strange. I mean, and also, how do you even investigate? I mean, good luck trying to get to this island and try to recover the body, trying to find the body of this guy and try to recover this. They're, They're already, the island is more than 700 miles from the mainland of India. And India, Strictly monitors access to these tribes. You know, as you, as you mentioned, they're they're almost, I guess, considered like a protectorate. Um, yeah, almost
1: like wards they, of the state or something.
3: Yeah, yeah. And of course, now there were fishermen who helped this guy, Mr. Chow, and uh, they motored him for several hours from uh, this from Port Blair to North Sentinel Island. And he waited until the next morning at daybreak to try to get to shore. And he put a kayak in the water, less than half a mile out, paddled towards the island. And the fishermen say that the tribesmen shot arrows at him and that he had retreated. And he apparently tried several more times to reach the island over the next two days, offering gifts like a soccer ball, a fishing line. <laughs> you know, I mean... <laughs> Uh, it, it's tra- it's a tragic end, but I mean, there's something just strange about it: soccer ball, fishing line, and scissors. And, well, and this is uh, it's
1: funny because the Indian government, when they tried to make contact with them, they th- they th- brought bags of coconuts ashore and then threw coconuts yeah. at them because in the entire Indian Ocean, this is evidently the only island where coconuts don't grow, and so they value coconuts because they wash <laughs> ashore. But they don't; they're yeah. not indigenous to this island.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they wear loincloths. You know, as you say, nothing, very little below the waist. Uh, huts. I um, thought it's a number between 50 and 100, but they don't really know the exact number. They hunt with spears and arrows fashioned from scraps of metal that wash up on the shores. And the island is heavily covered in uh, trees, heavily forested. So as the, as the Indian Navy enforces a three-mile buffer zone around it. Police suspect that uh, Chow went at night with the intention of getting around the authorities and getting around that. And uh, it's just, as, as you mentioned, uh, you know, a, a missionary to do missionary work, and he felt that um, that God and Jesus was on his side.
1: And he, and he wrote that in his journal, and he, yeah. he said he didn't want to die, but that he was willing to take the risk and, well, play stupid games, win stupid prizes.
3: I mean, it just it just makes you wonder, because of the history involved, how you think this is going to turn out differently.
1: And I don't know if he knew the history, because there was a, a Royal Navy officer who, between 1880 and, and 1900, was kidnapping these people and, and, and yeah. photographing them in the nude, because he was fascinated with their nude bodies and one particular part of the male nude body. And he wrote extensively in his journal about it, and so... I understand how they were. Their interaction with the white man may not have been a real highlight. Right. They might have said, "Well, my I, my curiosity's uh, rather uh, fulfilled on these people. Let's keep them away."
3: Yeah, you know, two words: get out. Yeah, or or, or, or stay out because of that, and uh, you know, not but not a good experience. Apparently, Chow uh, paid these fishermen three hundred and fifty bucks to take him to the island at night. Yeah, and the fishermen fishermen I guess took the money but they say they warned him not to go
1: and they've been charged the the family of the of chow the dead guy are saying don't charge them but they've been charged with accessory to murder or something in India
3: yes you know uh, good luck with the uh, getting the dragnet guys out there yeah you
1: know
3: yeah where's the crime scene? I, that's, why, that's
1: why my lawyer would say where's the crime scene
3: what, what do you mean I, it's I mean, the, uh, the police officials. Uh, the police officials worry about where the investigation uh, would lead if they could get there, if they went to the island to try to get his body. But they, you know, but they're saying, well, they might be killed as well. So, you know, what what exactly do you do? I mean, do you go? Do you go to the island and do you go heavily armed? You know, do you go with uh, with military ships? Uh, for the, I mean, you need. I mean. Uh, Chow went with a kayak, and and these these people have spears, you know. So what do, you know? What are you going to do, and how are you going to do this investigation?
1: Yeah, and we're, and, uh,
3: because 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 you're just going to create a lot of trouble. I mean, if, if you think they're mad now at visitors, I mean, it's just going to be worse. Yeah.
1: So I mean, it looks the Indian government is acting is basically saying, look, um, this is why we tell you not to go to this island. Because our yep. laws don't apply to them, and we're not willing to confront them about something like this. But uh, you know, there you go. Uh,
3: all they, right they they could be used they could be using this Brian as just sort of an example, of saying we told you not to go.
1: And, and they should they should put up a sign with this. And there've been others who've met similar mm-hmm. fates uh, too. So yeah, so there you yep. go. All right, Chuck Severson, uh, have a happy Black Friday.
3: Uh, Brian, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving,
1: and uh, thanks a lot. All right, there he goes, uh, Chuck Saverson for ABC News. And, you know, uh, before we toss it to Amy King, I have to tell her a missionary joke. So there's these two missionaries, and they've been captured by a tribe in some, you know, land. And they put them in a cauldron full of water, and they're going to boil them alive and eat them. And so the water's temperature is going up and up and up, and the one guy gets desperate, and he says, this is horrible. We came here to spread the word of God to these people, and now we're not only going to die, but they're going to eat us. No one will ever know what happened to us. And the other missionary starts laughing maniacally. And the first guy says, what can be so funny at a time like this? And the other guy says, well, don't tell them, but I just peed in their soup. See, because they're the soup. It's the special Black Friday edition of the Gary and Shannon show. Gary Hoffman told me that joke, and he said specifically to tell it to Amy King. Uh, back right it's after good this. Good choice. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk.
5: The sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? Tony Bennett, rain, who's now crazy snow there
3: with. Winter Waterland.
1: Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. And Brian, Tews filling in for this Black Friday with my daughter Reagan as the official. Toy correspondent, we'll get to the nine news nuggets here in just a minute, but we do have a a toy update. Now, this time, you've got something probably targeted at girls.
5: Well, it depends on if your boy wants a doll.
1: Whitner, nothing wrong with that.
5: Yeah, it's nothing wrong.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong.
5: But it is called Nella the Princess Knight, and... It's from Nickelodeon. Princess
1: Knight, like K N I G T, G H T. Right? Yeah. Okay. So she's a princess, but she's also a knight. Yes. A um, sword-wielding princess. Yes. Okay.
5: From what I've saw, seen on the um, um website that you buy toys at, named after a um river
1: in South America. In
5: South America, um, it is very good, and it lives up to its title. Um, so this would be a good choice if your kid wants a doll. So, what do you that... get?
1: Do you get like a, a horse?
5: Um, I'm pretty sure you just get doll. Female knight?
1: Yeah.
5: Um, let me.
1: You've got a sword see. and stuff?
5: Um, I'm, yeah, it does come with a sword, I'm pretty sure. Um, I. I'm pretty sure it's just Nella and a sword. Yeah. No horses or anything. The
1: basic accoutrements.
5: Yes, but it says that it's pretty good from what it says.
1: Now, is there anyone that you might know that might want this for Christmas? Is this a subtle message? Uh,
5: I don't know. I don't know anybody who would really want this. Really? But, no one one in this
1: room, if you know what I'm saying?
5: Maybe my dad.
1: Oh, this is not your thing?
5: You're like Action Girl, Female Knight? Well,. Saw, it's just one of those normal um things where it doesn't have ball joints on the elbows you just move its arms like yeah like um Barbie yeah so Barbie
1: that's... pretty much does Heil Hitler and that's all she does left hand right hand
5: <laughs> yeah I, I'm not the biggest fan of Barbie or stuff. If I do need a doll, I'd probably get Monster High because they have actual um, moving elbows.
1: Fully articulated Yeah. Limbs. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So that's why if I did choose a doll, I'd choose Monster High.
1: So you're saying to the makers of this, what's her name, She Night, maybe Nella. next year m- have her articulate more like a G.I. Joe or something, move her arms all around. Yeah. Good improvement. Okay. So but, we, we hold off on that.
5: Yeah. But that'd make the reviews go down in case the ball joints sometimes don't work.
1: But if people know it from Nickelodeon and their kids like it. Yeah. Get it. Um, All right. Well, let's uh, do the nine news nuggets, including honorable mention.
5: Honorable mention.
1: Not supposed to mention.
0: I was going to mention it, when the time... Right. This
6: network policy not to mention it. It's been an honor serving with you all. Didn't I mention it? What
1: an honor it is. Great and honorable, Pre-C Moses.
0: So today we're holding auditions Pre-C. to become the newest member of honorable mention.
1: Pre- Pre-C, sorry number of requests to expel demonic forces. An official exorcist has claimed that he's received 1,700 requests for exorcisms in the past year. As wow. people struggle to deal with day-to-day life. They, they're, they're That's not taking responsibility right there. That's like uh, those natives at Sentinel Island. They need a sign that says, "You will take my bow and arrow when you pry it from my cold, dead, pretty well tanned hands." Now, uh, this is this is about responsibility, folks. Don't blame it on the devil. It's not the fruits of the, of the of the of the the fruits of the devil. But overworked priests are saying the church doesn't keep official stats on this sort of thing. They don't have a tote board. Several priests suggested that year on year they receive more requests for exorcisms. Exorcisms are, are, are they're just going up. The Archdiocese of Indianapolis, Father Vincent, told The Atlantic this year he received the most inquiries he's ever had. Which leads us now to the medal round, number nine. Uh, number nine.
6: I did nine plays. If a cop's
1: dirty, nine times out of ten, his partner's dirty too.
3: And I speak nine languages. I stay up till nine o'clock.
5: Basically, everybody at table nine.
1: I feel ready to go another nine in. It. Niner. Did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie talkie? Sword-wielding jewelry store workers fight off armed robbers. The three musketeers have nothing on these guys. A trio trio of sword-wielding employees at Ashok Dealers in Ontario, Canada, fought off an alleged robbery attempt in broad daylight. Reported the CBC, surveillance footage from November 21 shows four men driving up to the store in an SUV, smashing one of the store's windows with a sledgehammer. One of the robbers tries to climb through the window, but he runs off after being confronted by three employees with saber-style swords. Uh, Arjun Kumar, whose father owns the shop, said, quote, when we saw them coming in, that's when we really took action and we rushed them. Close quote. One of the intruders allegedly had a gun, according to Kumar. He said, I was willing to do anything to keep them out, even if it meant me getting shot. Not a problem. He said the swords were gifts from, from a family friend. It was Good luck. For us. And legal. Perfectly legal. Um, Number eight. Will happen right after this break. (laughs) We'll be back right after this. It is uh, the Nine News Nuggets. And uh, number eight is HOT, I can tell you. Uh, Brian Suits filling in for Gary and Shannon, also with our toy correspondent, Reagan Suits. KFI AM640 More Stimulating Talk. (laughs) Okay, bye. M six forty more simulating talk. It is Gary and Shannon Show. Brian, who's filling in for Gary and Shannon. Blake, I ask you, the sample in this Run DMC song, that part right there, those horns, what is that from? Backdoor Santa. I think it's from Backdoor Santa. Yeah. Find that, that one by Buddy Holly, that's, right? That's where they sampled that from. I, I think. Yeah, I believe it was Buddy Holly. And uh, but anyway, great sample. Hey, free movie Friday program with Adam Tickets is back. The Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and skip the lines. Today, Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance at free movie tickets. Text them now, damn you! Text reporter to Adam One A T O M One. That's two eight six six one for your chance to win. So text reporter. Standard data and text messages rates may apply. All right, we're doing nine news nuggets with myself. And our official KFI toy and salad reporter, Reagan Suits uh, here. And now we're at number eight. Oh, hey. Ocho. Would be great. Ox. If yeah, you could
0: make a figure eight. A child is born every eight seconds. I'm listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements.
1: Hey. Crazy. <laughs> All right, number seven. Oh, yeah. Here's number eight.
5: Or you could call it Nugget 8 instead of, um... Don't sharpshoot
1: the show. It's not your show. Nugget 8.
5: Okay. Um, this is a kind of dumb story on the boys' parts. Um, um, on... Two teenage boys stole a small airplane at a private airstrip in... Eastern Utah, and flew 15 miles, or 24 kilometers, before landing at Vernal Regional Airport. Now, um, the police caught them, and they were 14 and 15-year-old boys, and they stole a single-engine Cessna um, on Thursday from a private airstrip in Jensen along the U.S. Highway about 40 Um, highway 40 and about 15 miles west from the Colorado line. The Yunta, it's spelled weirdly. Oh, it's Uinta. Yeah, Uinta. Country Sheriff's Office said they left a group home earlier this week and were staying with friends in the Jensen area. They apparently gained access to a tractor and drove to the airstrip where they took off in the plane and were spotted flying low along US-40 near Gusher. I think it's kind of stupid that they did this. Boys are stupid.
1: Okay. Well, not they're not all boys. They're in a group home. They steal a tractor to go steal a plane. and But deep down, you have to admit, it's kind of badass.
5: It kind of is,
4: but and they landed it safely. They landed yeah. it safely. That's not easy to do.
1: Yeah, remember the barefoot bandit up in Washington State who was stealing planes back and forth. That's what these kids are trying to do. And also, I, I heard a story earlier where they say, well, they're trying to figure out where they, uh, how they learned to, to fly a plane. Microsoft Flight Simulator um, or X Plane, any of those. If you put it on realistic mode, you have to uh, do system power, power up the the. You know, the cylinder has the magnetos, and all that. You have to go through a process, and it sounds like it's super hard. There's also a flight manual in the pilot's side pocket. So, um, <clears throat> bad kids. Number seven. The seventh son of the seventh son.
2: We're on seven days.
1: With the government. Sector seven. Five
2: seven. Seven a.m.
1: Seven years of college down the drain.
0: Seven.
4: Seven. Seven. Seven days. Seven.
1: For some reason, all the local news decided to run this story yesterday on Thanksgiving. A Moroccan woman confessed she killed and cooked her boyfriend and fed his remains to workers after authorities found his tooth inside her blender. She called called the act a moment of insanity. Uh, And then a moment of uh, prep, a moment of cutting, a moment of sauteing, a moment of sauce making. It was no moment. (laughs) Yeah, it was a series of moments called A Recipe. A Recipe. Um, and this is because she discovered he was going to marry another woman from Morocco. The BBC reported she's reportedly been sent to a hospital for a mental health evaluation. the The suspect, who was in her 30s, mixed his remains into a traditional rice and meat dish to give to Pakistani workers near her home in the city of Al Ain. Authorities all, uh, only learned of the slaying months later after the victim's brother discovered the man's tooth in the suspect's blender. So they don't have. How do they know he's not dismissing? Because she's confessed to it? I guess, but she's crazy. Who, you know, who knows?
4: She had a crazy friend, too, who helped her clean it up.
1: Well, that's just uh, being, ex- being an, an accessory doesn't make you crazy. I got six. You got six. She got six. Uh, number six. She Let's do number six. six. Four weeks Why do a picture of me, a rabbi, and six drunken longshoremen? Why
0: don't we just stick her in a nursing home closer to us so I don't have to drive six hours? Drink another six pack.
1: Number six. Okay, well, so if you buy man-made global warming, then you'll love this one. A man-made global cooling. Scientists are proposing an ingenious, but as yet unproven, way to tackle climate change: spraying sun-dimming chemicals in the Earth's atmosphere. Research by scientists at Harvard and Yale universities, published in the journal Environmental Research Letters, proposes using a technique known as stratospheric aerosol injection. Which they say giant pair of sunglasses. SAI. Why not just prompt? Why not throw virgins into volcanoes? Oh, no, that makes them not erupt. So what do you do to make a volcano erupt? Because Mount St. Helens lowered global temperatures for one year by like one degree. And that is a known. Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines in the 90s lowered global temperatures for uh, like a year and a half by one degree. So we know that works. But the the question is, how do you get a volcano? How do you get Godzilla to come out of the volcano? Um, That brings us to number five.
2: For five minutes! I have five rules.
3: We begin (laughs) bombing in five minutes. Five little monkeys. This is the year 5.5. I'm leaning on time five for Anaheim. Do me a favor and lose five pounds immediately.
1: Ah, a Honolulu Burger restaurant is closed down. I'm not grossed out by the woman eating her boyfriend. This grosses me out. Honolulu Burger restaurant is closed down for cleaning after a video service on social media appearing to show a rat. Cooking on a grill, Teddy's Bigger Burgers, bra, a Hawaii-based burger chain. You know the Hawaiian burger with the uh, pineapple has fired two employees. Seen in the Snapchat video, and uh, isn't the point of Snapchat that it disappears after you watch it for three seconds? Nothing
4: disappears. On I, the I know.
1: <laughs> the footage shows a small rodent-like animal laying on it, laid on its back, that's turned on its side like a piece of meat. Before being poked and prodded by a staff member holding a cooking utensil used to flip burgers, one of the employees is heard to say, quote, I think it's time to quit Teddy's, brah. Close quote. The video ends with one staff member smiling and the other opening his mouth to pull a shocked face. Uh, And this is the one on uh, Mampunapuna Street. Uh, You know that one. It's uh, not the one off the Kamehameha Highway. Um, Number, what was that one?
4: Oh, there's even a picture of the little oh, we
1: There's That was for number five. Oh, gross. It's got a tail. That's rodent-like. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> right after this with uh, number four of Nine News Nuggets, plus another toy review by uh, Reagan Suits, our toy and salad reviewer here on KFI. AM 640, more stimulating talk. Melikalikimaka is
3: a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to
1: you. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. The Gary and Shannon Joe Black Friday, to, uh, 2018, here Brian Suits. And, be green and toy reporter, toy correspondent, Sunday salad correspondent, Friday, Reagan Suits also uh, in here with me. Also some great football coming on later on today. Uh, the Washington-Washington State the game, the Apple Cup coming up at 530 Christmas. Right now, Oregon, Oregon State, the Civil War is on. And um, and uh, daughter Reagan, before we get back to the 9 News Nuggets, you know, your Uncle Matt McLeod. What Oregon kicker is the only kicker to go 100% field goals in a season? Never missed a field goal in an entire season.
5: Uncle Johnny.
1: Uncle Matt McLeod. Oh.
5: I'm thinking
1: of another person. No, right that's his, that was his uh, grandma. Uncle Matt. Uncle Matt is yeah, still Uncle on the record Matt. books. There you go.
5: Your Uncle Matt?
1: Uh, her Uncle Matt. Nice. My my cousin. When was
4: that? I went to Oregon State and I don't know about
1: that. Oh, he went to Oregon.
4: He kicked oh. your asses.
1: Well, I don't want to talk about it. He uh, yeah, nineteen eighty five. Eighty five he was one hundred percent. Uh, he was a kicker for three seasons.
4: Well, that's when the ducks sucked
1: too. Yeah, that was big. Ducks suck. Plus yeah. beavers suck. It, it well, was, the uh, beavers always do. So. It was uh, he career seventy five percent. Do you remember? Were you? Did you go to Oregon State that year? I that did. it was 0-0? Oh no! The civil war, the Oregon Oregon State game was zero zero. Possibly one of the worst games of football ever. <laughs> eh.
6: That
4: Bert. wouldn't surprise. I was at Oregon State.
1: This is how bad we were.
4: We won our first Pac-10 game in four years, and the people who were left in the stands were so excited, we tore down the goalposts.
1: Why not? Was that when the uh, Great Pumpkin was coaching? The big fat guy who wore the the orange sweater all the time? No. Oh. I forget who what his name was. Uh, all right, back to nine news nuggets that we have to know. Number four. Four minutes. He's probably on his fourth tranquilizer by now. Commandment number four.
5: There
2: goes the fourth amendment.
5: Oh. This isn't the same world you left four years ago, sir. So.
1: A farmer was crushed to death last year when his Jack Russell pushed a lever inside a forklift truck causing it to drive into him. An inquest has discovered dairy farmer Derek Mead was building a rockery at his home in Hewish near weston super in the west of England. His dog apparently jumped up in a forklift. An inquest into the death heard that he left the vehicle in neutral and didn't put the handbrake on when he got out to open a gate on his land. The dog remained inside the vehicle. And it's thought to have jumped onto the shuttle lever, sending the truck forward and into the farmer. And I'm assuming Border Collie.
4: No, Jack Russell. Oh, it said
1: that and I even read it.
4: Yeah, and Jack Russell's are supposed to be very smart. They are scamps. So was it an accident? They're
1: scamps. Hmm. Um, All right, we have to break away. And uh, number one is a really amazing story. But we have a final toy review. Uh, So toy reporter, toy correspondent, uh, Reagan Suits. So what do you have for us this time? First, uh, boy or girl?
5: Well, some of the comments on um, a website that sells toys named after a river,
1: river in South America.
5: Yeah, that's his part. Um, some of the comments say that it's girls who play with this toy or boys. So, Daddy finally found a gender gender-neutral toy
1: just a fun toy so uh, the me my bro m-i-b-r-o me bro bro, really really rad robots interactive remote control robot
5: yes um i it's a robot that has a remote control and you can play with it now i'm just going to look at some of the comments and this one is from richard um it shows that it's pretty annoying when it moves. He says it plays this lame robot sound, no matter how brief the moment. Then it says there's a stealth mode that turns off the continuous beep, beep boop sound, and his eyes change colors depending on the mode and what he's doing. moving, dancing, and farting, and it's yes a farting robot there's a fart slash belch setting.
1: Uh, debate over, and so I would say. So, so that does this look like fun to you?
5: Um, um, it would be fun, but it's forty dollars.
1: You, you and
5: apparently it's Santa's
1: bringing it. So who cares? If you like it, you like it.
5: But it's kind of annoying because it uses two different batteries and. It uses three AA batteries and three AAA batteries, oh. and they're not included.
1: Oh, no. You know that but earns he, us.
5: But he also has a mode with <laughs> a... <laughs> But this may make it to a, um, um, the okay mode because of the pew-pew weapon sounds in a mode. It farts pew, pew, and it goes pew-pew.
1: Okay, <laughs> so from the parent's pers- perspective, I'm saying... On uh, wherever you find it, if you pay more than thirty four seventy six you're getting robbed. I like this I think if i if you don't play with it, I'm playing with it,
5: but there's another thing it's it's bad though. There,
1: there's a dark side what's that?
5: yeah, about um nineteen percent of people who got this say it didn't work.
1: you mean like out of the box
5: yeah they they plugged the batteries in, and... Correctly? Yeah, they plugged in <laughs> pr- correctly. Well, if they did not, then 19% of the population is very stupid.
1: No, really? Oh, that's way I, higher than pretty that. Pretty much the yeah, basis of my show.
5: Basically 99%. Um, <laughs> but... Well,
1: I will... It did y- not work. Okay, my recommendation is, uh, I got to say, for under 40 bucks, this looks like an awesome toy... And for the dads out there, if your kid doesn't like it, you're going to hijack this thing anyway. It looks like it It rolls around and it farts or goes pew pew. I mean, you had me at (laughs) fart on this one. So it's M-I-B-R-O, my bro, me bro, really rad robots. I'll tweet this out. Uh, And so uh, there you go. So our um, toy correspondent, Reagan, who uh, pretty much, and I guess to reveal, to show your hand, pretty much for Christmas, you got an Arabian horse. Yeah, you got a, you got a horse. You have a horse, a nine hundred yes. pound horse is what you got for Christmas,
5: named Canela.
1: which means a swimming giraffe in Spanish. And so, no, it, no, it does not. I, what?
5: Okay. Anyway, Never you got mind. a horse named Canela. Yes.
1: So there you go. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks everyone. Uh, Gary and Shannon will be back on Monday. This is uh, your Black Friday. So for me, thank you very much, uh, Reagan. Say say something. Say goodbye. Something. John Thomas is coming in. Say hi, J.T. Hello, J.T. So uh, there you go. Uh, John Thomas and Mo Kelly are up next. For John and Ken, have a safe Black Friday, everyone, and we will see you on the Dark Secret Place tomorrow night here on KFI AM six forty. More stimulating talk.
3: Tune in next week for the hilarious funeral episode on Gary and Shannon.